Take mine. Take my memories. But I hope you've got a big appetite. Because I have lived a long life. And I have seen a few things. I walked away from the last great time war. I marked the passing of the Time Lords. I saw the birth of the universe and I watched as time ran out until nothing remained. Just me! And I watched universes freeze and creations burn. And I know things, secrets that must never be told. Knowledge that will make parasite gods blaze. So come on then! Take it! Take it all, baby! Have it! But what does this do? That is the dematerializing control, and that over yonder is the horizontal pole. Up there is the scanner, those are the doors, that is the chair with a panther on it. Sheer poetry, dear boy. Now please stop bothering me. Oh, I can see you'll be doing the TARDIS up a bit. Mm. I don't like it. Lost in the time vortex. Ties will they have. Oh, Doctor, why did you have to go back? I had to face my, my fear, Sarah. I had to face my fear. That was it. Doctor, you're, you're being childish. Well, of course I am. There's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. One thing for you, Davros. Your conversation is totally predictable. And like a deranged child, always talk of killing, revenge, and destruction. Our my conspirators, darlings from Tarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. Unimaginable power, unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. Would it hurt? Yes. Good. Charlie, is Lucy, Terms in Molly. Friends, companions, I'd know I salute you. And Cass, I apologize as I should hear thyself. Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? So was I. For a long time now, I thought I was just a survivor, but I'm not. I'm the winner. That's who I am. Time Lord Victorious. Hey everybody, welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is uh, podcast number 467. We're going to be talking about the Doctor Who 50th 
anniversary, not just the year, but the whole sort of Doctor Who being 50 thing. Uh, I'm Dickie Bowen. With me is my partner, Sandshoes. How's it going? <laughs> what a fabulous intro. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing good there, uh, Chin, Mr. Chin. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. You should, you should be Rory, though, after our conversation. You I know, should be the yeah. nose, you know. You're right. I, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were discussing uh, this the size of my proboscis uh, on the front of my face earlier. <laughs> oh, how, how grown up using those words. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so uh, we are, uh, as we record recording this, uh, we're about two weeks away from the, uh, the Christmas special, which is going to be the end of Matt Smith's era, mm. which uh, I think it's funny uh, when you talk about uh, the end and the beginning of Doctors, like... Usually when the doctor is leaving, people are like, oh, I was just getting used to him, <laughs> or I just started to really like him, yeah. and um, now we're going to get a new guy, and uh, I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to that, but right now, uh, that's, a, that's a ways away, but we're, the uh, 50th anniversary uh, show was on on the uh, 23rd of November, which was uh, really wonderful, and there was a whole week or two of just build uh, leading up shows that were all about Doctor Who leading up to it. I thought it was a really, at least over here on BBC America, it was like pretty constant. I'm sure it was over there too, right? We we started to get some towards the last week, really. Um, we we didn't really get much. I know you had you had like months of it or something oh, uh, on yeah. on BBC America. And truly, is I think because uh, the, we crammed in stuff in a week, it kind of got a little bit too much. I think I think there was which is which is strange to say that coming from someone who's a fan, you know. But uh, when you, when you get too much, you think, oh god, another program about Doctor Who, but. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a nice it was a nice build up. It certainly kind of got you excited for the for the big uh, the big episode, you know. Right. It was it was um, we had that same stuff like the uh, science of Doctor Who with Brian Cox. Um, oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that was that was a weird <laughs> no. show. I, oh, I, it was it was just him gurning away with that smile of his and <laughs> and and and. Generally, crowbarring any kind of mention of Doctor Who into any <laughs> any bit of science, and it was, you know, I like science, and I, I like Brian Cox. He's, he's always interesting to you know to listen. But the the best part of that program was the beginning with Matt Smith. Yes, that was pretty entertaining. Um, but yeah, it was weird. I was I was like, we could have this show without it being tied to Doctor Who. I'd be pretty interested in it because the way he sort of describes time travel, I find pretty fascinating. Um, but yeah, it was very, you're right, crowbar, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, there was a lot of the, um, they re-aired cause the buildup, they were having like the fifth, the first doctor, uh, you know, got whatever it was. I forget. What was it called to the, uh, you know, they did each doctor, uh, mm. they had people talk about them and then they had like one of their, uh, s- stories that they showed. Um, yeah, have you had a have you had a mind mind blank on who the first doctor was? <laughs> no, no, no. There was a, they were calling those shows something like ah right the first doctor explorer. I forget what they were called, but yeah. I'm not, but they were very those were pretty cool. I mean, uh, especially like if you hadn't seen a lot of those doctors, you got a little bit of a primer. Um, I you know I've seen I have I can't claim to have seen all of the stories because they're not all they're not all available. Um, but I, I've been collecting the DVDs, you know, in dribs and drabs and watching. I, I have at least one of every <laughs> Doctor now, finally. Um, and I've seen a few on Netflix and things. I'm just, um, I don't have that back knowledge. So seeing sort of, especially with the second Doctor and a lot of the first Doctor, those are just lost to the ages, some of those. Yeah. 
So do you think? Do you think those programs have um, kind of like built up a bit more of a, an interest in in classic Doctor Who? Uh, yeah, you know, my, you know, I I enjoy the, uh, but I guess it's just because I'm I'm older uh, and it's I can appreciate uh, the I can kind of what's the word I'm looking for like forgive the sins of of low budget. Whereas mm. I think that younger people, like especially kids, like uh, my my teenage son, he looks at that and he's like, "Ooh, it's cheesy," you know. I'm like, "Well, if that's all, oh, yeah. if, if that's all you can see, if you can't sit down and, and play attention to the story, then I guess you're never going to get past it." So mm. I don't know. I think so. I think that all of this, I think all of the hoopla, sort of around the 50th anniversary special, I think, especially sort of maybe, especially might say hey let's take a look at some of those old things because you know what there are a lot of great stories and i think genesis of the daleks and things like that which are just epic and as far as how it pertains to like the history of doctor who i think people would really enjoy if they sat down and watched it yeah yeah so no i i think it's possible but i i liked all of those shows i i got a kick out of, it did get to be like you said that last week where uh bbc america like every show in the evening was doctor who something it was like oh my gosh there's a lot <laughs> i mean and they're really worse it's like here's a show about just the companions but really that the companion show i don't know if you saw that one no. that one was just sort of more about the current crop you know i was sort yeah of, yeah, we we had there was there was a program on BBC Three over here, and it was um, like basically it was a bit like a, a Doctor Who revisited, and it was that's you know, what it was. every Doctor. But the titles were just sort of like modern day Tardis, modern day companions, and but then they talk about John Pertwee, and you're thinking, well, where, <laughs> where's Joe Grant? Where's Sarah Jane? Where's you know? Uh, Harry Sullivan, where's all these classic companions who are, who are I, I think, are actually better than any new companion, but that's that's my classic but, thing coming to. But it did annoy me a little bit that it was no no classic companions. Yeah, Sarah Jane, they, they did they did cover her in that special because they say, you know, she was pretty much, she's the most well-known companion, I guess. You could probably say that's true because I guess Tom Baker being around for so long as she was a part of him and John Pertwee's uh, years. <clears throat> yeah. So, and she really was, um, when you, I think she was one of the best cause she was in the, in, a, in, a, in that early time period, she was a very strong female character, um, for the time period, especially, you know, she was, uh, just had a lot of chutzpah, I guess. It yeah. Say. Yeah. She really kind of like stood out from the crowd of companions. And, and as you say, she was a, uh, one step ahead really of all the, the women companions that that had. She just, <laughs> her, her, uh, little bit in the five doctors lets her down slightly when she's it looks like she's you know, oh help me and she's hanging down this cliff and then when you see it's like just a a small hill <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh dear. that's a bit poor that's a great i love the five doctors i got that for christmas last year and it was it's it's a really that's a cool if you liked the 50th and maybe you just sort of are new to the show maybe you just started watching it in 2005 or 2010 and you want to watch a classic one that's a pretty cool one because it does bring together five of the doctors sort of i guess oh, you, yeah, it's, you it's can't really fun. i mean it's not really it's not the real first doctor and and tom baker's not really in it but um yeah oh, I, I think richard herndl does a good job as the, yeah. as the, the first doctor and i i can live with that you know i that doesn't bother me How, you know he got the essence of him he looked near enough like what william hartnell did and and you know, really, we only have to look at uh, an adventure in space and time um, uh, to see, you know, how good David Bradley looked. Yes. Now I want to talk about that. My wife and I we uh, watched that, and she was like, "Why is this so sad?" 
is, is it was, wasn't it? I mean, I, I was, I, 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 to be fair, I actually, that was what I was looking forward to um, throughout yeah. the whole of the 50th, if I'm honest with you. I know <clears throat> Mark Gattis had wrote that for the 40th anniversary. Mm. and couldn't get it made it just wasn't popular enough obviously doctor who hadn't come back and um and seeing the behind the scenes footage and because i know all about verity lambert and know all about you know Warris hussein and and sydney newman and all these people and delia derbyshire who's only fleetingly mentioned in yeah. the in the program which is a little bit upsetting but hey you can't fit everything in uh, I th- I thought that was such a wonderful program. Like it skipped over the the some of William Hartnell's, you know, um, beliefs because he was almost like a colonial actor. You know, his his beliefs in the early sixties we'd find repulsive now because he was he was blatantly racist. You know, and he he did he did take the mick out of Boris Hussain. I mean, Boris Hussain, Indian director in nineteen sixty three also gay although it wasn't known at the time hmm. and a female producer who people talked about behind her back saying oh the only reason why she got here was because she slept away to the top which was on totally untrue but that's when i think the bbc had real merit and it had you know groundbreaking heads of drama like sydney newman uh, who turned around would take a chance and give you know, a young Asian guy and a, a young female, these in really important roles. Even now, that's hard. That that doesn't, you know, is a rarity, I think, even now. Um, but it's a shame the BBC can't be like it now, I think. Mm. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I um, gravitate more towards, like, I want to see, like, them coming up with the theme song. You know what I mean? Like, I want to yeah. see that, like, the, the genesis of that. That would be... I always like very behind the scenes like the lord of the rings uh, like for example like the hobbit i got the extended of uh, blu-ray came out a few weeks ago mm-hmm. i don't watch the movie i sit down with that eight hours of behind the scenes stuff <laughs> you know what i i, I got i got this exact same one yeah. and the first thing i did i got it on i got it i got it out of the pack and i had the house to myself and the first thing i did was i put the first disc disc of appendices on mm-hmm. and i was looking at it i thinking, hold on a minute why why does this say part seven Oh yeah. Why is this? And I, I was sat there really confused. I thought, oh, I'll play it from the beginning. I want to play all. And then old Pete Jackson comes up and he goes, uh, uh, you know, presumably you have the uh, you know the extended Lord of the Rings. Right. Like, yeah, I do. And he goes, and that went up to Appendix Six. And I'm going, oh, that's clever. <laughs> and then I, you know, and I sat there for. I haven't watched the second disc yet of, uh, of all the behind the scenes, but I love that. Oh. And I agree with you. I mean, there is a, there is a wonderful little program on. Um, I think it's on YouTube, and if you just type in BBC Radio Find It Workshop, there's a couple of documentaries on there, and it does go into detail with Delia Derbyshire and uh, what's his name, Roy Hodgson, I think, uh, who created a Tardy sound. And on that on that drama that we watched, he just had Delia sitting there, and she went, <laughs> "Oh, it was Roy had the key and did that," and that was it. You know, Ron Grainer wrote the title theme, and she like reimagined it, and uh, and doesn't get the credit. Uh, that she's that she, that she deserves, I don't think. But no, I'd like to have seen a bit more of that. But it was on for ninety minutes, and I suppose you've got to be, you know, you, what do you do? How much can you cram in? I suppose it's 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 a bit hard to do. But I I didn't really care for Rishi Smith's portrayal of Patrick Troughton, if I'm mm. honest. I, I didn't really like that at all. That was a little, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I, was, I mean, it was only really like one line, mm. so it wasn't a big deal. But yeah, he was kind of weird. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it was a little but, uh, off. But David Bradley, he was he was brilliant. Yes, yeah. Well, he's great because I mean he has like sort of. The, if you, I don't know if you watch Game of Thrones. Um, uh, yeah, I've seen a few episodes. He's 
Walder, he's a character named Walder Frey, and he is a pretty awful character mm. in that show, like just heinous. Mm. And um, he's and then the other thing I know him from is uh, Harry Potter, where oh, he's uh, yeah, where he's like the grumpy dude with the cat, you know. Yeah. So it's like you know, it was kind of it's kind of um, cool to see him in a in a different uh, sort of role, which is a little bit. A little bit more sympathetic, but not quite, because really he was Hartnell was at least in this portrayed to be kind of a curmudgeon, which I'm sure he probably was. Oh yeah, um, I actually I actually held a door open for. I was at a, uh, like a memorabilia fair in, in Birmingham a few years ago, and I went to the toilet, left Cal standing there, and I opened the toilet door, and he came walking out. And we both just stood there looking at each other, and I went, "All right," he went, "Yes," and nothing went. <laughs> we were only only a few seconds away from having a slash next to him. How the, how famous that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool <laughs> i wouldn't have shook his hand no you don't know you know but not everybody's hygiene is great but um <laughs> no and 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 considering then he was playing finch in harry potter i was thinking oh yeah, exactly <laughs> he's like, kind of grody yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> don't look down yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a nice treat i thought that that was a nice way to get yeah, uh, I, I really liked the last scene as well, where he looked up and he saw Matt Smith standing there, and and, he, and if you look at the credits, it just says Matt Smith playing himself. So it's not like the Doctor looking at the future Doctor; it's William Hartnell looking at Matt Smith, yeah. knowing that 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 goes on. Oh, that was, you know, some people have, have moaned about that. Some people turned around and went, "Oh, that was just pointless putting it in." It was like, no, this is about. He he thought that you know Doctor Who couldn't carry on if he left, and he really he suddenly realizes that like anything, the show is more important than the actor. And it's that moment of realisation when he looks up. And it's also Matt Smith's acting. It's just a gentle smile and a nod, you know. And it was that. I mean, I was I was, I was, was waiting up, man. I was sitting here going, oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, that got me too. I got to admit, when I was watching it, I was like, I got it. You know, I got mm. what they were going for there. There's nothing to complain. People love to complain. Good Lord. I mean, oh, especially Doctor Who fans. Oh, oh it's like just God. shut up. I mean, I mean, it's 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 a drama. It's a dramatization. It's it's it was a nice little ending, I thought. And mm. and you know, that's really a great uh, that little moment or that moment of the regeneration. That's sort of become the most important part of the show, I think. It kind of it's what keeps the show going for all these years. No, you know, absolutely. Without yeah. like being like James Bond, where it's like now he's blonde and blue eyed before he was black hair and whatever eyed and you know and he looked totally <laughs> different. Now I mean you, you had the so they've taken what's a trope, which is actor uh, the part changing actors and turned it into part of the show. Mm. Um which I think was a real smart thing to do. And uh, now it's become sort of like the events, you know, of the show when that happens. Those are those episodes are usually landmark type episodes. So um, I don't think we're going to be in for anything different uh, on Christmas time. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they've cooked up something pretty fantastic, I hope. Oh, yeah. You know, and Matt Smith, like I said earlier, I, I really um, because I'm not, you know, died in the wolf fan because I started late. And other than when I was a little kid being scared by the Tom Baker shows when they would pop up mm. on PBS, they, I just found them to be creepy, but I was also very young. So I didn't really, I knew when people said Doctor Who, I always like, was always like, yeah, that guy with the scarf and the curly hair. Yeah, I know who that is. You know, I really wasn't, <laughs> um, I wasn't familiar with, and then even when, when I was older and I saw like all these different actors playing the Doctor, I was like, what's that all about? I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get that show. And then, um. I finally did get into it with the with the with the new series. So, mm. 
like Christopher Eccleston, I really, really liked him, and I didn't expect that he was going to be gone after the first um, series. I was like, oh, geez. Yeah, you know? well, no, well, no one did, uh, apart from the producers, because obviously he quit before Rose was even shown. Yeah. Um, so, which is, is all about. I'm, I I kind of knew all about Regeneration, from when I, which is weird, because when I first started watching Doctor Who, which is 1979, so I was in with Tom Baker, and then when Peter Davison took over, because I was already a, a fan of all creatures great and small, so and I, I remember watching the Regeneration episode right. uh, and thinking, oh, that's quite cool, he's now Tristan Farno, uh, and so it was quite quite nice for me but my daughter who i selectively put on episodes for obviously i i've got to be careful she's only four <laughs> uh and so i know which ones i can put on and she knows she calls dot tom baker his curly hair doctor uh peter davison his daddy's doctor uh, uh flat hair doctor is matt smith uh you know it's well you might know what is it what is fascinating to me about doctor who is how much kids um seem to really are be attracted to it both of my younger children they just love it, you know, and it's like there's really when I look, at it, I'm like, what is it about? It must be the doctor being the sort of um, sort of fairy tale type character that he is almost, you know, so, you know, um, yeah, like you said, with the names, my, Matt, Matt Smith is the bow tie mm. and uh, David Tennant is a spiky hair, spiky hair. Doctor. And then, well, the thing is, though, it's, it's that the, 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 what people forget, especially like what you turn on, people love to whinge, is the fact that people do forget that it is still a children's TV show. Right. It's just that it's now a children's TV show for the modern generation of children. Uh, you know, obviously, when me and you was younger, you know, the, the, the grittier things we saw on TV would be classed as pretty lame nowadays. <laughs> That's yet, true. Yet, you know, nowadays you've got kids watching, you know, Walking Dead and and all this kind of stuff. So you have to you have to develop the program to attract towards kids of a modern age, you know. But it still is a TV program for, for, for children. That's why they understand it when some adults go, that doesn't make sense. They didn't tie that up. You look at the kids and ask them, and they go, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> moving on, moving on, okay. <laughs> They're all right with it. Yeah, it, it's, it, is, it is a show that kids can enjoy, but I think that, of course, uh, grown-ups, we still love it and enjoy it because it's a, mm. it's smartly written. And there are things that they say, you know, when, when the doctor says some ridiculous science thing very quickly, it's not really meant to be, like, analyzed and dissected. It's just a solution to a problem. Yeah. And it's just like as if to me, like if if you're watching a fantasy show and some guy says some spell, all right, whatever. I don't need to know what the spell is. He's just saying some words and it means something to him. Moving on. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. That's that's why it's called fantasy. Exactly. Uh, this is called science fiction. It's not really. <laughs> there's, you can't really uh, get into a TARDIS and go back in time. And there really isn't any science that could really explain it that exists nowadays. So, no. you know, it's it's a magic box and it goes back back and forward in time and space. And then you just uh, go along for the ride. And uh, <laughs> shut up and enjoy it for crying out loud, people. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You know, <laughs> I've been I've been grumping I've been grumping a lot about uh, people complaining lately. It seems like, and I've had m multiple conversations with Rico and Rick and other people about mm. this about how the, the fandom has become very um uh the, the, what's the word I'm looking for like they they think that no no they think that they're owed things. Like if if yeah. like with this Batman move the Bat Superman movie it seems like some people just don't like the way it's being cast so they say that this is going to be horrible because mm. it's not the way that they want it but they don't have to make it for you it's not your movie to make you know you're just supposed to go see it whether you like it or not is up to up to you but I mean 
this whole like prejudging things is really, I think, kind of getting crazy. It's really getting a little bit out of hand. It's like, oh, this yeah. this movie which hasn't been filmed, which ha- I haven't had, a, haven't seen a costume for, I haven't heard a uh, a bit of music from, haven't seen a frame of film, haven't seen a trailer, haven't seen anything, a script. But I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna suck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's it seems to be this modern day thing of um, of of people standing on a soapbox and and having a go. And you and you put exactly what you say. You you're perfectly right. At the end of the day, if you think you can do better, then I'm sorry, you should have concentrated a bit more and gone to film school and you make the damn thing. Uh, you know, it's it's at the, at the end of the day, you know, you, you got no right to to moan about these, this kind of stuff because it's it, it's not even been made. The Superman Batman thing is a classic example. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure you're in the same in the same feeling. As soon as somebody turned around and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, we're going to be making a film with Superman and Batman," the first thing I thought of was like, "Get the tissues ready, man. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there, and I want to say I couldn't give a damn." What the, what the story's going to be, you know, because I've read the comics about it. Yeah. Oh, so hold on a minute. I, I read the comics. What are those? Ah, so yeah. you've never read a comic, have you? No. So you, you oh, right. I, I can see why you're moaning now. Yeah. And it's this whole thing, the same thing about what's recently come about, this this woman, and I, I don't know who she is. I, I've got to be honest. Casters woman, Wonder Woman. Well, they're saying, oh, man, she's not Amazon enough. <laughs> Did you see the 70s? Did you see Linda Carter? She didn't look Amazon to me. She was bloody good looking, Absolutely. but I don't remember seeing Amazon. You're not going to get somebody who can act and look like the cartoon. As long as she you know, pulls the, 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 the role out the bag, acts her socks off, the script is good. Well, I know she's only got a small part in it. Man, how can you complain? Oh, jeez, honestly. Yeah. And it's these kind of people that, you know, years ago when – enjoying science fiction enjoying comics enjoying these kind of fantasy movies you know you used to kind of think ah you're a nerd look at him (laughs) over there reading his comic with your glasses on you know i kind of like think that's when it was enjoyable as now it's this jumping on the bandwagon thing and i i actually posted on facebook literally just before me and you start talking and i know this this is going back to doctor who um (laughs) I've been looking at I was looking at Rico's wonderful pictures from the Austin Comic Con and oh, yeah. uh, and and him meeting up with the anomaly ladies and and they are they are just they just rock we, we you know they do and they dressed up as as Jedi's they dressed up in the the they look fab in the TOS stuff uh, mm-hmm. Jen's Jen's Jedi costume was great Rico looked awesome and Casey looked fab as the tenth Doctor and Casey did that kind of thing which seems to be this this new thing for cosplay. Or dressing up, as I call it, um, mm-hmm. where where she, you know she's wearing a skirt, but with the tenth Doctor outfit. Now I know that Casey is a huge Doctor Who fan. Yeah. I know she loves Doctor Who, so I accept that. But I've seen all these other pictures of all these women dressed up with in kind of uh, somebody clothed as gender bender cosplay or something. I don't know if that's the right term, but um, in this kind of like new right now, I'm I'm fine with that. Don't get me wrong. But I saw someone dressed up as the Seventh Doctor, and I'm thinking, did you watch any Sylvester McCoy? Did you watch Colin Baker? Now, if they did, and they love Colin Baker, and they love Sylvester McCoy, and they love Doctor Who, I've got not a problem with it at all. I think fantastic. But if they've never seen the episode, and they've never seen it, then are they dressing up for the right reason, or are they cosplaying for the right reason, or are they doing it because they're jumping on a bandwagon? And Mm -hmm. is this bandwagon this new thing of, hey, to really enjoy 
you know, science fiction or anything geeky is the new bandwagon, then frankly, I don't like it. Hmm. That's you know interesting. You know, but I do know what you mean. And I kind of do f- understand. It's like when I was a kid back in the 80s and I was reading my X-Men comics over and over again and people mm. would like punch me in the arm or make fun of me or take my comics and throw them and, you know, make li- – listen, you got made fun of for being a comic book nerd after a certain age. It just mm. happened, at least when I was a kid. And I'm like I sort of have earned the right to be excited about – this is my twisted way of thinking. I've <laughs> earned the, the right to be excited about being Superman and Batman being in a movie because when I was a kid and read the comics, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, these people always hung out together. You know, even yeah. even so when people are like, why are all these people in this movie? It's I'm like, well, in the comics, you'd always have like, hey, the Flash is in in this issue for some, you know, just to stop by or help out. And it yeah. wasn't it wasn't that strange. As a matter of fact, it was the norm. It would always be weird. Like it was always weird to me that Superman with Christopher Reeve never acknowledged the existence of any other superheroes. I was like I want to see Superman with 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 everybody, like all the super friends, you know, when I was a kid or whatever. That's what I thought of them, right? Super. Yeah, friends. yeah, yeah. So it's super like friends. it's really anyway to close off our our little digression on on DC mm. on this this DC, this sort of DC thing. It's sort of um, just it's the norm. It's what we if you're a comic book fan, you're delighted because when I see them having Spider-Man face off against something that could build into the Sinister Six, I think it's pretty pretty freaking cool and oh, when right, i absolutely. when i see a a, a a sort of nascent uh justice league sort of forming in a movie i think that's pretty freaking cool too and uh i'm sure that it's not that they're not going to sacrifice story to, to, to cram in these other characters it's it's what they've been doing in marvel they've been sort of peppering in little references mm. and things like that and uh it's been quite successful for them i know and then warners dc they want a piece of that pie can't blame them it's never yep. gonna superheroes are never gonna get any hotter than they are right now enough with the superhero talk um let's talk <laughs> about the uh, 50th anniversary show called the day of the doctor but before we do that we got a comment from uh el jefe <laughs> rico <laughs> Uh, sent us in a comment, uh, and of course Rico was over at the Austin Comic Con with the, with the Anomaly ladies, uh, getting to see the Day of the Doctor in a um, big theater or a big uh, sort of I don't know I guess it was a big room at the convention. But mm. here's Rico's comment, um, and then we'll be right back. Well, hey there, Meds and Chris. You're talking about Doctor Who 50th anniversary episode or movie or whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll give you some comments. I, I couldn't join you today on Skype, but uh, it was uh, fantastic. I, I, I loved it. Uh, I, of course, I've mentioned this on the podcast already, but I saw it a couple of weeks ago at Austin Comic Con, you know, in a a, a big room with a bunch of Doctor Who fans holding up their sonic screwdrivers and yelling at the screen and and cheering uh, when each of the the cast members that we know and love came out. Uh, It was um, just a a crazy, amazing experience to see it like that. Uh, You know, I'm so happy that I was able to see it there at the convention because it's so much more fun to see it with a room full of fans like that and you know, I, there's been very few, very few movies even that have gotten that reaction that that crowd had for Doctor Who, and uh, but beyond that, I, I just thought it was just really, really well done. I, I of course love the interplay between uh, between Matt Smith and David Tennant as the you know the two main Doctors, and John Hurt was fantastic as well. 
and, and but but just to see those two recent doctors together and interacting was probably the most fun part of it that I I really had and I'm sure you guys are going to put a spoiler warning but I was happy with the way they resolved and ended it and you know uh it, it um it, it's it's sort of interesting and unique I I don't know I've only really been a steady Doctor Who fan since the 2005 uh, sort of uh, re-beginning of it. Or I, I don't know if Meds... Meds probably doesn't like me calling it a re-beginning. But, you know, it's been around for 50 years. But I, I never really watched the earlier series or seasons of it very much. Caught episodes here and there. But anyway, uh, the, the point I was trying to make is, is that, you know, bringing Gallifrey, you know, sort of saving them... Uh, you know, is that is that sort of a forbidden thing or not? I, I don't know, but uh, but I was happy. You know, all the doctors there helping out at the end. It, it, it was just uh, uh, got me goosebumps, and you know, there was a lot of emotion and a lot of heart in the the entire episode. So uh, yeah, I was super happy with it. I know you guys are going to really talk about it quite a bit, I'm sure. So I won't say too much more, except I loved it. I mean, I know that there's. You know, some people have a few issues here and there. There are always going to be people like that. But I, I, I really, really loved it. And I'm going to watch it again here at some point. I've only seen it the one time so far, actually. It's sitting on my TiVo. Uh, it got recorded. And I want to sit down and, and catch uh, all the other little pieces that I missed because that crowd was going crazy in Austin, I'll tell you, when we watched it there. So anyway, thanks so much for doing this special podcast, guys. I'll, I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Okay. Yeah, he um he got to see it in a room full of fans. That must have been pretty pretty awesome. Mm, really? <laughs> you don't think so? <laughs> no, that would have been my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you you like seeing it at home by yourself? Yeah. Well, the reason not you know don't get me wrong. Uh, I think it's like what Rico said. You know the atmosphere is really good. I know that. I mean, I hey, don't get me wrong. I would love to have sat and watched it with Rico and, and Casey, knowing how, how much they love Doctor Who. Uh, that would have been awesome. At the same like we sit in review and watching it. And it must have been great atmosphere, you know, but I I can't, I couldn't tolerate, oh, it might be the English one in me, maybe, such a miserable party people, but, you know, I couldn't tolerate, I'd just be tutting because I'd be there going, <laughs> I want to listen, I want to hear. It's like Rico said that he's looking forward to watching it again because there was some, you know, things that he missed because people were, point, yeah. you know, whooping and a shouting and a hollowing, uh, you know, I mean, he's in Texas, so I presume there was a few guns going off uh, as soon as ah. someone came in. Yeah, no, sorry, Texas man. I don't know. You um, British bastard. <laughs> 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 That's the Alamo again. Um, but it's like, I, 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 I went and watched it uh, at my friend, uh, friend's Donna and Peter's house. And Peter's my, you know, someone who comes on Waffle on every now and again. And we got invited to go to other places to watch it. But the reason why we opted to watch it, just the three of us, was because we knew we'd shut up. And and it would just be silence all the way through. Because I'm like that. I, li- I like to watch my Doctor Who, especially when it's something quite important. And, and not be interrupted. I turn the phone off. I turn my, my mobile off. I don't have the computer on. You know, we have a, a glass of wine ready to go. Hmm. And I'm like that, you know. But I, I'm, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, I would like to have experienced it with, you know, I think seeing it in a hall, if you're that, if that way inclined, must have been fabulous. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of like you. I don't like a lot of noise going on when I'm trying to watch something I'm really looking forward to. And hmm. um, But there is just something about, these experiences and you do miss stuff. I'm like going to see like a Star Trek movie 
the packed house uh, in a, with a bunch of Star Trek fans is just mm. a lot of fun. Always has been. You know, the first time I saw Fellowship of the Ring was with mm. a was a with a, in a with a bunch of fa- people. It seemed like everybody was sort of very into Lord of the Rings and everything. And it was just a, yeah. it's a kind of a cool experience to share it, which was sort of I don't know if you listened to um, the Anomaly Supplemental they did mm-hmm. about the Doctor Who, um, the recent, yeah. uh, all the stuff. And they said it was, what was cool about it, which I agree, was that when we were watching it, and I texted you, I'm like, hey, it's almost done. <laughs> and it was like, we were all, everybody across the world who was watching this was watching it at the same time. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that yeah, was... Not, kind of, 94 countries yeah. simultaneously. Guinness Book of Records, that is. Right, and that is a very cool sort of communal thing. I think that was kind of kind of neat that they did that. I liked it. I liked knowing that you did not have the jump on me like you're going to have at the Christmas special uh this year. <laughs> yeah, but I don't understand why why that's happened for the Christmas special. I mean, if it worked so well and it, it stopped piracy, it stopped people sticking it online, right. it stopped, you know, you know, why don't they do it again? I mean, is it because maybe they don't think the Christmas special is going to be as popular? It's certainly going to be popular in America. The, the fan base is incredibly huge and devoted in America. And the same with Australia. So I don't quite understand why, if they did it with this one, they don't do it for the Christmas special. But you know, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's reasons for it. I don't know. It seems like just as big an episode to me. Um, that's my opinion. But it's the same day, at least. Of course, it's going to be on Christmas. It just won't be till 9 o'clock at night here for in the Eastern time zone. So that, oh, so it's only, it's only an hour and a half. It's half seven over here. So Yeah, but that's uh, also like 2.30 here. So uh, yeah. it's like six hours, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I'll, yeah, whatever. I'll, text, I'll text you. Yeah, you're like, ah, you son of a... Yeah, um, but the the thing I'm kind of bummed out is because my son and daughter would love to to watch it, but they're, they'll be asleep, man. They they fall asleep at like 8 o'clock, you know, so... Uh, we'll just have a Boxing Day, a Boxing Day party then. Yeah, well, I, of course we DVR it, so it'll, it'll be there to watch, but... You know, there's something about watching it when it's on because I don't like you said. You we were talking earlier about Walking Dead. You go on Facebook, people are telling you who who got killed off, mm. which I think ruins ruins uh, especially in a show like The Walking Dead. It sort of ruins the suspense a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, it's like I, I don't uh, you know the checks and sci-fi form is pretty good for that. And and you know at the end of the day, when you got a big thread there and it says Walking Dead, I don't read it because you know I I and if I ha- if there's a film I want to go and see and I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to go on there to see what people are going to say. What's but the point? What, what annoyed me was the fact on the Facebook page, it wasn't just some random person who turned around. He'd had a big picture of, of this bloke there and a little bit of a line. And you thought, well, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm pretty intelligent. I wouldn't have, I don't need to be intelligent as I am. I could be a real dolt and know what that's about. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just like, don't do that. It's yeah. Stupid. That happened the day after, on Monday morning, after the Breaking Bad finale. I don't know if you watched that show, but the uh, I, no, I'm on first series, but I know, I know what's. Uh... <laughs> so you know, but at the, but I went on to Facebook, and it was TV Guide said what happened in the finale, like literally on right on Front Street, they put it, bam, and I was yeah. like, it's Monday morning. I mean, like it's a, it's on at whatever time it's on nine. Maybe some people have to work. Maybe like me, a lot of these shows on Sundays. I read there's so many shows, but sometimes I record them, and then after I get done with work on Monday evening, I watch some of those. Yeah. So it's like, you know, should I have to avoid? I mean, you can talk about the finale, but don't put it right in the headline, you dingus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, yeah I, you know, you know, it's it's dawning on me, and I'm sure it's possibly dawning on the good listeners of Treks and Sci-Fi that me and you are the two old men in the Muppets box at the moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> just grumbling about things that suck. Oh. Yeah, but we're no, not though. I, I think we're we're kind of uh, you're wrong because we would be we'd be the ones could, if that was true, we'd be going Batman and Superman gonna suck. <laughs> no, we're yeah. I think we're more uh, griping about people in general than I, th- I think so. Yeah, it's just me. It'd just be me and you listening to tracks of sci-fi out of there. <laughs> I think so. We alienated everybody that listens. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's carry on. All right. So let's get into the fiftieth, uh, which was the day of the Doctor. Which um, yeah, uh, we should say there will be spoilers in this. Uh, yeah, Vico. Funny. Yeah, there will, we will. We are going to talk about the episodes. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, then uh, pause. And then come back 76 minutes later. <laughs> a wonderful 76 minutes. A wonderful, so yeah. So um, I was a bit surprised on the start that it didn't pick up exactly where um, the name of the Doctor left off. I sort of thought that's, I mean, people had all kinds of um, predictions. And I was like, well, are they going to be in his time stream when they meet this other Doctor? Which is what I felt was sort of the logical c- continuation. But it, it wasn't. That somehow they've got out of there, and uh, she's a school teacher at at uh, Susan's old school there. Mm, yeah, with uh, Ian Chesterton as the uh, governor. Yeah, and go- <laughs> governor of, uh, of the school, which is a, a nice touch, I thought. Yeah, and that that that's the cop walking by the sign in the first shot there. Very, that was pretty cool. Oh, uh, the I am Foreman on yeah. seventy six Tutters Lane. Yeah, there was there was some real nice homages to the beginning of this episode with the the original titles for a start, the the break into the policeman, and and then seeing Chloe in the school, and as she leaves. You know, the clock says 5.16, which mm-hmm. was the exact same time that the first episode was broadcast. That was nice. That was well thought out, that was. You know, what I can tell, there's all kinds kinds of, um, if you go through, you can find all kinds of homages, I guess, if you want to put it that way, throughout the, uh, the whole show, as far as, especially when they get into that little... Uh, museum and things like that yeah there's some nice little bits on there especially the companion's wall uh, that's nice to see yeah that martha, was... jo- martha jones is on there which is you know i've always said i thought martha got a, a bit of a bum deal at the end of the day i i, I like freedom argument and well i really like freedom argument, but, I mean, as a, <laughs> but as, I mean as a companion as well i i liked martha and she's often missed out yet there she is pride of place on the on the wall but you know the funny thing about martha from what i can tell it seemed like a lot of fans really don't like um her character at all martha jones i think that what a people probably have a lot of problem with her uh, her character is that it sort of continued the uh another girl who's in love with the doctor sort of thing yeah which, bad writing that was yeah that was silly i agree i like i that's why i thought that donna was better because donna was like yeah i don't care about i don't want any of that business with this skinny twerp you yeah. know what i mean she wanted to hang out with him but she didn't want to <laughs> do anything with him so that that was a bit much because like the whole rose and him thing was very at the end very heavy-handed and you know it was like you know the the, i love you and all this other stuff and it was you know but then you go right into another character who sort of immediately like looks at him is like hubba hubba and it's yeah but she did in the first episode though in smith and jones she's not like that though in that she's like oh she's a bit interested in but she's interested in because she's a a medical doctor and he's she she's the only one who picks up that he he has two hearts right and he doesn't she doesn't get you know she doesn't panic and doesn't get scared everyone else is you know going bombing all that and, and i thought if they kept her 
<clears throat> character like that in Smith and Jones throughout the rest of her her kind of series, she would have been okay. But she's a strong character, and she proves that at the end, you know, yeah. with that irritating last moments of to the tenth Doctor, which you know went on longer than the Lord of the Rings extended edition <laughs> uh, of him just walking around. I'm fine. He didn't find Gollum in the corner somewhere as, he, as he's strolling along, walking around, mithering and looking miserable. What a tit! <laughs> Like I said, we did we did a, a Trex and Sci-Fi and Doctor Who about a year and some some months ago, and I said I never saw somebody take so long to die. I mean, yeah. like he did. He 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 goes in the booth, uh, saves Wilfred, comes out, all his wounds are healed. He's like, oh, it started. All right, I'm just gonna go around a bit. Um, I'll be back in a few months. He goes and he, he sees all his friends. He's going to get a book signed. Uh, he's buying lottery tickets from Donna's father. <laughs> I mean, yeah, know. but what's really annoying about that? I mean, for a start, right, he, he has that massive rant. Of, I, mean, I know we, tr- we covered this before, right now, but I mean, he has that massive rant at Will where he says, oh, you're not important. And he goes, oh, it'll be my honor. You know, oh, okay, two-faced. So there you see that. But the fifth doctor died saving a companion he barely knew. Mm. And I think that's such a heroic scene where Peter Davison's Doctor dies. It's beautiful, that is. I mean, that is proper, proper writing there. And and the Doctor, that's what the Doctor does. Yeah, here he is, whinging and moaning. He then decides to go and see everybody. Does he go up to him and say, well, hey, here we go. See you later. Nice night. No. No, he gives a little bit of a nod for Captain Jack to get his end away with some young <laughs> lad. And then he's and then he's up punting about saying goodbye to all the others. But he's just standing there with a miserable face on him. And they all look at him going, oh, look at that. That was nice of him. It's like, oh, do one jog on. You know, <laughs> come on, just hurry up and die with it. And then he goes, I don't want to go. Oh, well, he always says that. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, listen, I guess if you had just, if David Tennant was your, your doctor, which I know for a lot of people... He is. He's. I guess they say he's pretty popular next to Tom Tom Baker. Then I guess yeah. you would you would probably want that. I I did. You're right. The uh, fifth Doctor. He wasn't even sure he was going to regenerate. No, no, because he was proper poison. Right. And that was the thing. I, <clears throat> I just seen the thing that was wrong with the, the with the end of the tenth, which I think could have been a little bit more nobler. Uh, was the fact that it was it was more to do with Russell T Davies saying, "Hey, this is me signing off as series producer. Look what I've." Look what I've created, and I'm going to say goodbye to all my characters. And I, I think that was a bit, just a bit too much, really. Yeah. I think, I think the tenth deserved more, if I'm honest. Um, I think he, he deserved that kind of, the same kind of thing that the fifth Doctor got, because the fifth Doctor is extremely popular. The tenth Doctor is, you know, I think Tennant's, um, I think he's a wonderful Doctor. I really do, and I just think he, I don't know, it could have been a bit more meat for him, but. Hey, you know he's back here in the 50th episode, yeah. and uh, and and look, wow! I was going to say he's he's looking pretty good for you, but I noticed that suit's a little bit tight on him. <laughs> well, I mean he's he's aged a few years, no doubt about it. But I mean, yeah, I I, I guess when you when you look back at, at the tenth Doctor, you do that that last episode of his. It is. I always thought I did think it was interesting. It didn't seem like the other Doctors really minded regeneration. He kind of was like, you know. This really not going to be me if I die. It's going to be some some other dude, some other personality, some other face. Mm. So it's sort of an interesting way to look at it. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm not going to be here anymore, even though it's ostensibly the same character. But I thought that was an interesting part. But yeah, the little bit of the the whining and, and kind of pouting about about it was a little bit a uh, little bit silly. Mm. It was a little bit too much. You're right. <laughs> I mean, he could say he doesn't want to go, but how about you yeah, know, go quicker? You're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speedy on. 
It is my listen. My it is it's my it's it's it's, it's sad, but um the so the uh, the, the conceit of this episode it, it sort of begins with these um, paintings. They say that the people mm. well, uh, not begins, but I mean this the story this, when the story starts to get going. They go to unit headquarters. <laughs> they drag the TARDIS there with the Doctor hanging from it, which I thought was pretty amusing yeah matt smith did that himself as well that was his own stunt oh. um actually hanging on underneath there's some publicity shots where you see how he's actually doing it because when you look you think hold on a minute how, how's he hanging on from the bottom of the tardis because that doesn't make sense there's no it's, it's a smooth bottom but they they actually drilled holes and that's how he's holding on but i'd have just had him holding on to the the actual edge of it i suppose but i mean i suppose i've got to think of health and safety but there's a nice little bit on that where um where he lands and he walks in towards the tower of london and um, Kate Stewart turns around and says, "Tell Malcolm that the ravens aren't working properly. Presumably, they're robot ravens because the 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 thing is that if the ravens were to leave the Tower of London, then the Tower of London would fall. Is the myth kind of thing, you know? <laughs> but um, but it, it's nice that they mention Malcolm because I'm sure Malcolm is uh, Lee Evans, his character from uh, the Waters of Mars. Oh right, yeah, he was the other Mar. Uh, uh, a unit scientist, you know, because uh, I quite liked him. I thought he was a good character. I liked yeah. him sitting back. That Waters of Mars is a really cool, um, is a really cool episode. That's sort of, if you want, I guess. No, is it Waters of Mars? I'm thinking of, or is it the, no, the one with um, Planet Woman. Planet of the Dead. Yeah. The, the one in the desert, anyway. Yeah, Planet, the of, the, Planet yeah, of the yeah, Dead. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a good one, too. But the Waters, now, <clears throat> uh, speaking of Waters of Mars, I believe going by the uh, Tenth Doctor's age, in this, that is, this episode takes place after the waters of Mars, but before the end of time. So, like right before that. So, because he said mm. he was 904 in that one, this one he's 906. Mm. So he's aged two years. So, sort of after that, he's still been kind of going around on his own. Yeah, I think yeah, because it's got to be before he gets married to the to Queen Elizabeth, because right. it's that episode where he walks out of Tardis with the. The straw hat on and the Hawaiian That's right. garb, and he says to you, "All oh, good, Queen Beth." You know, yeah. So it's right before that, then. Mm. So that's sort of so that, that's where it puts the tenth Doctor right before the end of time, which is interesting because this whole episode, well, some of it takes place during the same time as end of time, at least as far as Gallifrey is concerned. Um, yeah. They go into the Tower of London. There's this unit. It's got all these. Uh, cool paintings are sort of if you were saw this in a 3d theater i guess you would see them as 3d which i heard was pretty cool they did look cool. i mean it looked cool on standard tv and yeah. i'm not i'm not a great fan of of 3d but um i had that i mean it looked beautiful in in standard uh standard hd so i bet on the big screen that would have looked beautiful yeah and they look at this uh, painting called gallifrey falls and then it sort of goes into the painting, and you sort of uh, you, you're introduced to uh, John Hurt, I guess, as the war the war doctor. I guess that's what they're calling him. What he's up to, uh, shooting um, <laughs> words into a wall, then uh, using the TARDIS to knock down some um, Daleks. Yeah, the TARDIS is a battering ram. That's ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what he's doing is he's stealing uh, a weapon called the Moment, mm. which is uh, something that could cause a lot of damage apparently <laughs> yeah from the from the omega arsenal which was a nice little nod to the classic series there. right yeah this this weapon apparently has a conscience hmm. yeah now i am i was really happy i did not want rose rose i was happy with what they did with with her with billy piper in this episode and she played it really well i think she played the yeah, but 
why? What? What? I, I just don't. Maybe I miss something, right? Mm-hmm. But she turns around and goes, "Oh, I picked. Uh, I, I picked a a image from you mm-hmm. that's important to you." And she, and she goes, "Oh, Rose Tyler." Or that. But how? Because this is the War Doctor. This is before the Ninth Doctor. So how did she get that information from him? You know, well, she says it could be somebody from your past or your future. I always get those mixed up. So. Since she's a Time Lord weapon, we can only assume that she's sort of mixed, mess, mixed up in that time vortex. And yeah, Tommy Wimey stuff. Yeah, I don't know where he gets that. Um, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad she wasn't Rose Tyler, and I, I, you know, she did play that actually really, you know, different accent, different kind of mode. She, she was really quite Time Lordy, I suppose, a little bit all over the place, you know, quite eccentric. And uh, now I agree with you. I thought, I thought she actually played it quite well because i don't i'm not a fan of rose tyler but um i thought yeah I, I was quite happy with her in this it's funny he drags this weapon out to this shack and she says you know you don't want her to see it you know the tardis to see you do this thing <laughs> that you have to do um and then i guess it's her that creates that sort of temporal vortex whatever mm. which i think is so pretty funny that the <laughs> when the 11th doctor sees it um you know, he first he throws his hat into it, but he has no trouble just jumping right into it. It's pretty, funny, you know what I mean. But the um, you see that the tenth Doctor with uh, Queen Elizabeth, who he thinks is a Zygon after <laughs> kissing her, and then of course it was the horse. Um, and I did like how he was making fun, you know, during their whole little thing, and when there was two of them making fun of how bad she looked and how bad the Zygon, the, the bad, the breath, the bad breath, and everything, you know, like. <laughs> But um, you know the two of them they they meet the 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 tenth and eleventh when they meet I I I get a kick out of that I I it's always great even in that little um, time crash one that where Peter Davison was sort of <clears throat> playing the fifth Doctor again with him and David Tennant I thought that was really <clears throat> it's always funny to me that they sort of remark on each other and sort of you know diss on each other's like appearance and like you know yeah I mean I lo- I love the 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 little jokes that uh, the the 11th doctor saying to the 10th about uh, like, but one of them's a Zygon, you know, I'm not judging you, you know, <laughs> and that kind of thing, you know, because she's got a tongue for suckers, <laughs> that kind of thing. You know? and just the lookers are like, the other 10th trying to get out of it and the 11th's not letting it have it. And you know, the, the wonderful scene with the sonic screwdriver, you know, yeah. compensating for something. Oh yeah. And that kind of, you know, it's great. <laughs> yeah. But I did like that. The, the, the Fez comes flying through the 10th doctor picks up and just puts it right in his head. Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the way that the, the 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 war doctor doesn't he just looks at it with just total confusion yeah. <laughs> but they've um the, yeah, any scene with the three the, the three of them together i thought was um john hurt of course i'm a huge fan of ever since i saw him in alien when i was a kid mm. um and the cool thing about his character is if you watch the night of the doctor which we haven't really touched upon but in the night of the doctor we finally get to see how the eighth doctor regenerates into, or where, how we, we always assumed that Paul McGann regenerated into uh, Christopher Eccleston and yeah. that it was Paul McGann that was fighting in the time war, which is what I always thought. But it turns out that there was another guy in between and that um, the eighth doctor makes a, a, a decision to be a warrior, mm. um, which was, I think, and I think that Paul McGann proved he can play the doctor really well um, I would be up for seeing like a web series of of him. I think it'd be great. But he does, there's a ton of audio um stories that. that he oh does. yeah, he's he's big finish stuff. He's fantastic. And I saw that episode 
um, is, is six is six minutes of glory, I think. And I, I watched it at work because it was meant to be released at midnight. And a friend of mine uh, who, who does a podcast called The Mondas Podcast, Ian Todd, <clears throat> he sent me a text saying, it's out now, it's out now, look now. And I was going, what's he on about? And I found it, I put it on, and I thought, oh, this would be good. And I was watching it. And then as soon as he turned around and said, because I'm a doctor, but not the one you expected. And I saw McGann, I jumped out of my seat. <laughs> and I went, I swore, so I'm not going to do it here on Jackson Sci-Fi, but I swore and shouted at Kelly. I went, it's so-and-so Paul McGann. <laughs> he just looked at me and was going, you sad man. <laughs> I know. I, was, I, I sort of did the same thing. I was sitting by myself, though. I was like, holy, holy S. You know? Um, but what was cool about it was that now we know that he, that he took an active role in sort of deciding how things were going to go. Mm. Um, when when he regenerates into um, into John Hurt's character, he's young. John Hurt. Yes, it's a young John Hurt. It's like an alien John Hurt, right. or, even before then. And then when you see him and he's he's old, you're like, so the, I guess what what Stephen Moffat had uh, thought was that this guy has been around fighting this war for a long, long time. And mm. I guess what I, I've always wondered about Time Lords and aging and stuff because like we've all we've now since the show has been on we've seen the doctors except for the first at the beginning of their life and at the end mm. of their life and you don't really see much of a difference in, in their appearance but john hurt's doctor was aged significantly i mean you know so i guess they can age if they want to i don't know yeah well yeah well i suppose you see tom baker ages really i guess because he was in the world for nearly 10 years yeah. uh, um so you see him doing it but <clears throat> and you can only presume the first doctor was was you know obviously was <laughs> you know, a kid once and uh, but that's why I've, I've always said that um the doctor in his in his new in the new series is pretty pretty lax on his on his regeneration exactly. you've got the first one who, who went up to 55 years old in human style years and then the last few have all been every three years let's just finish <laughs> Exactly. Just like ah, whatever. I got more of these where this came from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not well. Hmm. But yeah, we. Hey, listen. That's that's something. That's a plot point for the Christmas special. But um, yeah. Any scene with the three of them in it, I I love that they sort of acknowledge that the doctors are a bit childish, and he's like, "What's wrong with being a grown up?" And they look at him like, "Oh, because he did something that was so grown up." They sort of have tried to be more of uh, have more fun on purpose mm. to sort of yeah. distance themselves from that that sort of uh bad thing well it's that's the scene where they're in the 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 tower of london where yeah. they're locked in the cell underneath and the the 11th doctor's putting those numbers in uh which of course uh, if, if you looked at it the numbers were 23 11 63 15, 16, round about that kind of way, which of course is 23rd of November, 1963 at 5.16. So it's the time and date. So that's another little homage there. But I I love that scene where, you know, they're discussing about the door and they're messing around with the thing and she just walks in because it wasn't locked. (laughs) And I just love the fact that they've got these three great minds and not one of them actually checked to open the door, you know. But I think the only thing that lets that down is that they're most, they're meant to kind of look at him with, you know, hover or you know, just kind of like disrespect. Yet I don't think that comes off too well, really. I don't think it. You know, they've they've always said how much you know they don't like. They've hidden that name. They've hidden him, and they're disgusted in what he had to do. Yet when that that doesn't really, I don't think it comes across that. I mean, that's my only nitpick in the whole of this episode, and it yeah. is a very much a a thin nitpick. But 
you know, hey, that's neither here nor there. But you're right, the chemistry between them three is just fantastic. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they're three, um, I think they're great actors, um, all of them. I, hmm. people, some people don't like Matt Smith, believe, I, I can't imagine, I think that he has a pretty interesting take on the Doctor, but whatever. Um, he has the perfect, he's the, yeah, but he's, he has the perfect take on the Doctor, he's not just a pretty face. <laughs> that's the difference. Sorry, but that's the truth. Well, you know, the, re- the reason why a lot of people like David Tennant was because, oh, he's he looks nice. He'll do. Um, yet he was the more in brackets human style doctor, uh, which when well, the doctor's not human, he's eccentric and he's very old. And I think Matt Smith pulls that off pretty well. That's for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it that Matt Smith pulls off weird old dude in a young body very well. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I like him. I like him a lot. I'm going to miss him. I'm, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not looking forward to it. But Peter Capaldi is uh, – anything I've seen him in, he's pretty fantastic. So. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait. Yep. Um, my one thing about this episode, I wasn't too terribly interested in the current day Zygon stuff. You know, mm. I didn't really find <clears throat> it that – gripping i know why it's there because it's sort of to the framing of uh how they come to the decision to not you know kill all those people you know kill all the time lords as they they kind of helps the humans and the zygon sort of solve their mutual destruction thing yeah so i get why it's there you know i wasn't it was a bit bit far away wasn't it really yeah it really that's what i'm that's what i'm saying it didn't seem that you know critical to the uh the plot of it of the whole uh, episode to me. I, I, I get why it's there. I just, it just was like, I'm, I don't really care about this. Let's get back to whatever the doctors are up to, you know, <laughs> that's really what I cared about. Yeah. And I, I think that's what the writer thought as well. Cause in how quickly the Zygon thing is sorted out and that's it and left. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, well, did, did they get it sorted out? I don't know. Are they still down there? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> doesn't, who cares? It doesn't matter. But I did like the, uh, the scene where the three of them, do go into the painting and come like striding out like you know uh like in a western you know what i mean they come mm. just walking through like yeah we're here okay but what i there's another thing about this where um in that room where that uh, kate kate um stewart turns around and says oh the security guard thinks it's his first day right and you know he's, he's been working here for 20 years and you think well or 10 years whatever it is and you think, well, what does he say to his family when he gets home? That's right, a great first day at work. And you think, well, hold on a minute. You've, <laughs> you've been there nine years, Dad. Uh, really? Is it that good? You know, maybe, and, and, maybe it's only uh, effective while he's in the uh, the building. It, yeah, I suppose it could be. And he remembers certain things. And But then the doctor does that. All three of them do that thing so that the Zygons and, and the office staff suddenly don't know who's who. Well, why didn't that affect the three doctors then? Because it affects the whole room. Uh, it's keyed for human, except for if you're Clara. Or Zygon, then. <laughs> or, yeah, that's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Again, like I said, it didn't really matter. It's um, fiction. <laughs> I, I liked um, Clara in this episode a lot. I think that uh, I'm starting to like her as a companion, especially um, sort of contrasting with Amy. I think she's a she's a nice uh, sort of successor to, to being a companion. I think she could be very strong. Hmm. Uh, as, as she goes on i think because i mean her whole intro was sort of wrapped up in the st- the second half of the uh seventh series you know so maybe she can sort of be 
now there's more beyond what the mystery of her is. Now she can just be a companion. You know? Yeah, but I think that thing as well, that what's nice about her is the fact that you, you haven't had the love interest kind of thing and all that jazz. It's just, you know, and, and she, let's face it, she's incredibly good looking and, and you'd, you'd automatically think that you'd write those two as, um, you know, a couple that would probably get it on kind of thing. And, and they didn't, which was, I think, quite nice. And I think that's that's a good thing for a companion and rumor on uh, on the rumor mill out there is the fact that there might be another a bloke companion coming in with them who was the teacher at um, clara's school at the beginning uh whether that's true or not i i don't know i've not as i say i've, I've stayed away from spoilers for the christmas episode but i did i did read that uh, whether that happens or not i don't know they might want to because that was one of the old classic things with the the old series and having an older doctor it might balance it out quite nice so it's not an old man with a young girl. <laughs> well, it would be back. nice. Why can't you just take a, a guy along without a girl every once in a while? I mean, you know what absolutely, I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that would be an ideal thing. I mean, I, I think we've, I think we've advanced enough nowadays in modern society where you don't automatically think everyone's going to think there's something, you know, sexual going on. It's just, it's because that's what people are, I think that's what producers are worried about you know like people don't care anymore do they no <laughs> you know, not really in mo- modern society no one gives a damn if anyone's whatever sexual orientation or if the, what color, color they are you know we've moved on an awful lot and I think maybe maybe people in these you know tweed jackets in in, in offices should move along as well but hey you know who, who knows I think I think Clara's going to make a fantastic companion for, for Capaldi I think, yeah. I think I just think that chemistry is going to be fantastic yeah and the, I think the um, the best scene in the the whole of well, okay, there's two scenes I I think are are just great, but I think the best scene with the three of them is it when he's gonna do the uh, destruction. He decides he's gonna go do it, and then the uh, the other two of them come to mm-hmm. to decide. Well, you know, we're gonna do it with you, so you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, you know, I thought that was great. And you know, if you if you're anybody that you know, it was just very touching. I thought I, I I liked the the quick bit you got with the TARDIS, where you had them all in the TARDIS. First of all, you're in, um, you know, they go into John Hurt's TARDIS. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they've got the round things. I used to like the round <laughs> things. I lo- I was so excited to see the round things. I was like, it's the round, it's the white round things. Look, it's beautiful. And then it went into like Tenant's Tardis, and he goes, oh, it's his grunge phase. And then into <laughs> Matt Smith. And then of course you got the boom. You got the classic line that Tenant delivers. I don't like uh, was it. was delivered by Patrick Trout. And you know, he goes, oh, you've decorated. I don't like it. But what makes me laugh there is Matt Smith's face. It's like, oh yeah. And then when he says, I don't like it, and the look of. <laughs> You know, total, you know, just someone's just slapped him in the face with a wet haddock. And it's, it's, it's just beautiful. That is. I, I love that. Yeah, I put that in the in the intro to the show, the Patrick Trout. Yeah, you've yeah, been doing the TARDIS yeah. up a bit. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I did get a I like that in the in the trailer when I saw that. I'm like, oh, that's a, that's that's a cute little nod there. And the face he makes is very funny. You know, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife says she agrees. She does not like uh, Matt Smith's new TARDIS very much either oh really i quite like it i do too i think it's pretty cool yeah you know whatever (laughs) it's it's very dark but i think it's cool look it's green it's got spinny things all over the place i like it yeah spinny things everyone likes spinny things exactly but now the the, there's okay there's three great scenes and then of course the, the the second great scene is when all of the doctors are involved in saving Gallifrey, which I thought was <laughs> that was just really cool. Now, of course, it's all stock footage, but that doesn't really yeah. matter. 
That doesn't. Yeah, really. yeah there's there's only one, I mean William Hartnell's voice is not William Hartnell's voice. Right. Uh, that's a, that's another actor who does a bloody good uh, impersonation of him because they, they, they all say Gallifrey, and right. of course Gallifrey wasn't introduced until eight years after Doctor Who started. If you look closely uh, on the seventh Doctor's screen. Uh, it starts off with him, I think, uh, in about a 1987 episode, I think. But then the next time you see him, he's from the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. So, which is a bit weird. So, like, whether they didn't have enough footage of him on the console, I'm not too sure. But yeah, that, I mean, that's, I mean, you, you've got to be a bit of a fanboy to pick that up, I suppose. But I mean, that whole thing. And then. I mean, I don't know what I, don't, I can only imagine you as like me when suddenly they went, no, sir, it's all 13 of yeah. them. And it cut to the, the lever being pulled and Capaldi's eyes. I mean, the, the, <laughs> how beautifully shot that was, you know, that I just went ballistic. I was like, wow, because one, he looked like he actually had the old TARDIS as well in the background. He looked more like the um, the, the steampunk copper brass TARDIS hmm. in the background, not the the the, the modern uh, uh, Smith one. But I was like jumped in the air when I saw that, and I was like, "Yeah, that's that makes no sense whatsoever." <laughs> but who cares? <laughs> it really doesn't. But then again, since this happens after the eleventh Doctor, he would have knowledge of it, so he would probably have to be there, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, I because so. because the eleventh is the only Doctor that's going to remember any of the stuff that happened. So any Doctor after him would have to. Remember. Yeah, but then you then you, yeah, I suppose if you, you you are saying that there is only going to be thirteen doctors, then I suppose so. Well, I mean, mm. then th- that's what they say. I mean, that's the rule, right? Apparently so. You know, and I, I, Stephen Moffat has said now he's counting. I read a, of course, you can't trust anything this that damn guy says, but ah. I mean, he's counting the tenant journey's end one where he shoots the energy into the hand. And stays as a, as a regeneration. So he's counting that. And, of course, John Hurt. So this would be the last one. Well, yeah, but there's also a Tom Baker episode where um, he goes and he, they, they got him on some kind of table. And he you see all these past regenerations come out. And there's Hart and all this trout and there's Bertwing. And there's about five others. So... <laughs> <laughs> who are them where did they come from oh really uh, so, yeah yeah so you know and there's the throwaway line in uh, the Sarah Jane adventures where he goes oh about a thousand regenerations so there's all these things that could change you know it's who knows the master the master's had several you know new bodies he, he's nicked one the time lords gave him one so there's there's loads of things I can get away with that he became a snake creature and one of the Eric Roberts <laughs> uh, oh dear <laughs> <laughs> that's not as bad as it sounds i promise yeah it is <laughs> it is though actually <laughs> it's pretty awful <laughs> here's julia roberts i could probably have dealt with it a bit easier yeah that the the movie while it's not terrible it ain't great either so nah it's not terrible it's okay they just do a massive faux pas by saying he's half human yeah that is weird that's mm. weird let's um, not talk about it so so they do in the end so the cool thing is that they save uh that the doctor finds a way to for Gallifrey not to be destroyed, but to sort of be hidden from time mm. and somewhere where he doesn't know, but it's still there. He's yeah, fro- just frozen, frozen, frozen in, in that moment, moment of time. Yeah. And um, I guess the tenth, so let the ninth, tenth doctors and and John Hurt the War Doctor, they will still think that they destroyed Gallifrey, so mm. that keeps the prior years intact as far as. 
I'm guilty for killing all of my people. Yeah, that that's almost something where you'd like to go, <clears throat> Abraham's. Um, <clears throat> uh, that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's how you don't screw up uh, the the past. 50 years of a genre uh, by then suddenly saying, uh, let's just have a parallel universe. No, you do it like that. And therefore you please everybody. Right. Everybody's happy. What happened before still counts. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. And that's yeah. exactly, and that was pretty pleasing that they didn't. Cause that's what I was wondering. I'm like, Holy crap. Does that mean that like the last, however many years of this show are completely meaningless? Basically, you know, because those characters would not be the same if, they didn't think that they destroyed their own people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So really, it's just like grabbing it. If you grab an A4 size piece of paper, you fold a quarter of that paper over, and then you fold it a quarter underneath again, and there you got your story. <laughs> so it stops at the end and then carries on. Boom! There you go. Perfect. And then they uh, they all get together in the museum there. Mm. Um, the war doctor gets to be the doctor at least for a few minutes. <laughs> he thinks, yeah, which which is a beautiful scene where he turns around and says, "I'm I'm not going to re- remember this, am I?" And they go, "No." And he goes, "Well, just for the moment, let me say it." And it's it's so nice in the way they say, "Yes, thank you, doctor," and the look on his face. And then when he goes into the TARDIS and slowly starts to regenerate. And I've heard some people moan about that, saying, "Well, how can he regenerate?" And he goes, "Well, he does say he does turn around and say, oh, wearing a bit thin.'" Right. That's exactly how the first Doctor Doctor. regenerated, and that's the homage to that one. Um, And then when you've got the second Doctor, when he turns around, I think it's the second Doctor who says, it's good to know the future is in in safe hands, is, of course, what the first Doctor turns around and says to the fifth Doctor in the Five Doctors episode, which is another lovely little nod, I think. Yeah, he's probably... The the implication, I think, is that he's probably been knocking around just as long as uh, Hartnell was almost, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. you know, because he's so old. Yeah. So it's like I think he'd probably be ready to regenerate. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and and that's that's probably the reason why they did it. Where you saw a young John Hurt, and and you got like the older, you know, the old John Hurt. Good, good touch that. Yeah, and they, I mean, and they certainly have shown that they can use that energy at will. The Time Lords mm. can, so he can regenerate if he wants to. You know, <laughs> and then you got to see a little bit of Eccleston's eyes before the uh, they cut away. Yeah, a little bit of that. That was nice. It's just showing that 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 Eccleston didn't get off his. Is you know soapbox and that could have been his cameo. That would have been so nice. Yeah, I was uh, still I, I, hoping that that all that was just like some kind of smokescreen that he would somehow appear. Yeah, but, no, I, I think he'll regret that. I think. I think so, but mm. I think he just had such a horrible time making the show. He it just, appears that way, doesn't it? I mean, I, I know he, he he got on well with Russell T Davies and he got on well with Billy Piper. I, I have a sneaky suspicion, and I, I don't know if this is true that it was the producers that he didn't agree with the way they they went about filming it went about treating people which i've heard some things about uh, a a producer let's not say the name in case we get sued uh, who went on to a a popular british uh, soap opera shall we say and he's he's kind of like his reputation is quite fierce so whether it was because that but it's a new production team and stephen moffat's the the head guy he gets on well with Moffat, as far as I know. And uh, but I know Stephen Moffat was incredibly frustrated that he he didn't take part. Well, yeah, I was hoping, but yeah, like you, you never know. But from what I understand, like the production, the way that the the, the show was shot and everything, I think he just found it to be just horrific. Mm. You know, because I know he wanted to play the Doctor. I think he campaigned, if I'm not mistaken, to play the Doctor, or he actively went after the part. Mm. So I mean, it, it is sort of surprising that he wouldn't want to be in 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 this, but. He, yeah. you know, he got out of it after twelve episodes. So, yeah, you know, I Deep guess. Wounds, I suppose. I guess so. 
But I, the ending scene with uh, Tom Baker returning, I thought that was just that was a really cool way to end it. Well, there's a little there's a little nod at the beginning of this where uh, uh, where Kate Stewart hands him the letter, turning around saying that, um, and he opens it up, and Queen Elizabeth has turned around and said that I leave you as leave you to be the curator of the museum. Right. Uh, and that's about the beginning at the end where he meets the curator and it turns out to be Tom Baker. Now you you can take what Queen Elizabeth says that that is him later mm-hmm. on. I do to a certain degree. My, I don't know what your theory is, Chris, but my theory is, is the fact that he turns around and says, you know, when you get older, you can revisit any of, the, any of your old faces, just the popular ones, though, and he winks. And Matt Smith gives that lovely little wink. So th- there's options then that maybe you'd get to see Peter Davis and Sylvester McCoy, Colin Baker again, you know what I mean? Because I, I, I still wish they had been in it. I know Colin Baker's pretty miffed. He said that a few times that he wasn't happy. But, uh, okay, you know. I love the scene with Tom Baker. I think the trouble is, though, Tom Baker, he's, he's Tom Baker. That's what Tom Baker's like in real life. <laughs> so I don't think he's playing the doctor there. I think he's just playing Tom Baker, especially when he just, as he's talking, he just goes, shh, and yeah, carries that, on. And that, was, <laughs> that was very odd, but, you know, it is, like you said, it's just Tom Baker. Yeah, yeah and it, but it's a beautiful scene, and it, it does look quite old, I must admit. I mean, I've seen Tom Baker a few times, and uh, but I, I love that. I mean, what did you make of that? I loved it. I thought, I mean, I guess I'm, I don't know if we're, I guess we're meant to just assume that the doctor can have any regeneration he wants and he can come see, he can return to his old selves, I guess. I don't know. Mm. I think that's pretty, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, it's a cool, I think it's a pretty cool way for the doctor to end up as like the curator of like all these great things that he's, uh, he's, uh, done and, 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 uh, I don't know. I loved it. I love to see, I love to see Tom Baker again. Cause like, even though I'm not a lifelong Doctor Who fan, he's the doctor that I, I knew from when I was a kid. So yeah, pretty cool. Pretty nice, uh, pretty nice nod. And, you know, should, you know, anybody who complained about not having all the old other, other doctors in it. I mean, Colin Baker, does not look anything close no. to how he looked back then. No, but I mean, I, th- I think they would have been happy to have, and I think Colin has said this before. I mean, I, I'm I'm a huge Colin Baker fan, and right. you know, I, I've I've seen him at the, <laughs> I recognised him at the Beverly show when he was bending down. I jokingly said to Cal, I said, "God, that bloke's got a big ass there." I bet you anybody that's <laughs> Colin Baker as a joke, and he stood up and it was him. <laughs> Yeah, he's heavy. <laughs> he's a heavy fella. But, you know, I think they would have been happy even just playing people behind the desk. I mean, in, in an adventure That's in true. space and time, you know, you saw um, uh, uh, William Russell, who played Ian Chesterton, was playing the security guard, mm. you know, outside the BBC. I don't think I don't think anybody would have complained if you'd seen Colin Baker behind a reception desk or as as, as or doing something just in the background, even if they didn't say anything, just walking past or even if they said, you know, uh, oh, you know, the curators want to have a word with you. And he just turned around and I was all just standing there smiling at him. And Tom Baker walked forward and said what he said. And they all just walked off. I think people would have been extremely happy with that. But you can also see as well that, you know, if you look at it from a filming point of view and a writing point of view, do you do you put them in for having them in sake? You know, um, right. the five doctors was a little bit different. You know, would it have ruined it if you had them all there? I don't know, but either way, it certainly didn't. It certainly didn't mark this episode as as being a great episode for the fiftieth. Yeah, I mean, it 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 is what it is, and 
you know, everybody can't be in it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you, you got to be sensible because otherwise you want past companions in it. You'd want canine popping up. You'd want, you know, chameleon for heaven's sake uh, popping in there, and no one wants to see that again. Trust me. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you had yeah. like it was like a fan fiction, you know, all of a sudden it turns into fan fiction. Exactly. <laughs> Everything yeah, possible you know. is happening. You don't need that. You just, I think that the way they did it was classy. Very yeah. nice nods to the past. You don't have to have the whole show be like walk through memory lane. But you, no, do, no. you do acknowledge that there's there's a history there, and I, and I think they did that really well with the, with mm. with this episode, absolutely, you know, and that there's a future still because the show's in its prime again. And it's in its prime because of uh, as much as you know, I, I I chastise every now and again, new who, you know, I, I've said this before, and I will constantly say that you know this is an example. We, we're talking about the fiftieth anniversary of Doctor Who started in sixty three, not in uh, in you know in two thousand and five. Um, but the, the reason why Doctor Who is so popular now and is so successful now is because of the new generation of fans coming through. Yep. Uh, and I applaud all new Who fans. Uh, I think it's fantastic that we're getting a younger generation uh, into Doctor Who. Um, it's here to stay. And let's hope for another, I mean, yeah, you can't say another 50 years, but I reckon we've got another good 10 years of, of Doctor Who to come. Um, and, and hey, in three years' time, we're going to be celebrating 50 years of Star Trek. And let's face it, that's going to be a hell of a party. You know, if, uh, if, the, if the British can pull off a party like this for Doctor Who, then you Americans are going to pull off something fantastic for, uh, for Star Trek. I mean, that's going to be amazing. I sure hope so. I mean, I remember the 25th anniversary like it was yesterday, um, mm-hmm. which is making me feel old all of a sudden. But I do. I remember it because it was a huge, it was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of shows on. There was a lot of like on the TV, like best, like they had, you know, like marathons and everything like Mm -hmm. that. And it was a lot of fun. It's always fun to sort of celebrate something that you enjoy that it's been around for a long time with longevity and Star Trek and Doctor Who and things like this. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, look at you have a daughter who's four. I have a a son who's six and four and they, they all watch Doctor Who. So, I mean, there's, it's, it could go on. Oh you know, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Why not? I mean, I, I, let's just hope Shatner's still going along in three years' time, and uh, and get him and uh, what's his name, George to cut George Oh my, to Kai <laughs> together for a, 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 some kind of face off. That'd be a, a summit. Yeah. <laughs> no, look, Bill, you used to steal lines from me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's another impersonation under your belt. Hang on, that's oh, great. My. <laughs> oh <No>. my. <laughs> Occasionally, he pops up on the Howard Stern show as, as like sort of a co-host for a week or so every few months, and um, he's a he's quite a character. There's no doubt about it. But I think that you know the way Shatner looks at it is that he was the star of the show, <laughs> and he was. Well, he was. Yes, you know, there's, there's no question about it. I think he admits that in his younger years, he may have been a little bit too intense for his own good, and. You know, maybe some people feel trampled by that. I'm sure, and a lot of the original cast did. But you know, yeah. But I mean, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this in three years' time. But yes. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, though, and I think I mentioned this before. When I think of Star Trek, I I think of uh, Kirk, Spock, and Bones. Yep. That's it, really. I'm sorry, but that's that is who I think of, and that's all I want to see. I mean, I know everyone was moaning about, you know, other characters in in the last film not having a, a fair crack of the whip and all that, and Yuhua and and Scotty, and it's like, well, yeah, but if you're a Trek fan, then really, you only ever give a damn about Bones, <laughs> Kirk, and Spark, you know, and and that's it, really. That was it? actually my main gripe about the last movie. I said I wanted to have more Bones. 
Oh, right. more Carl Urban. I'd like, let's just have Carl Urban. Let's He's just great. have him. In Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd 2, please. Yes, oh, please. yeah. <laughs> Carl Urban, I, I like a lot lately. Judge that Dredd movie was amazing. It was great. It was like... You know what? He's such a he's such a cool guy. He wears that helmet through the whole movie. Shows only like the bottom third of his face. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of actors who can't handle that. You know, that's oh, and, why... and, and and insisted on it because he's such a huge fan of the 2000 ID comics. And there's also a show on he's he's in called Almost Human, which is excellent. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's I very... no, but I am. I, I must admit, I've uh, that's one thing I have read a little bit about almost him, and I must admit, it does look good. And uh, I think I'm gonna have to have to try and find that on my my box here and yep. try and watch it. Carl Urban, and it's a cool show. It's like it's a, it's just a cop. Sh- it's a cop show in the future, but he's great in it. It's got it's a, a android uh, partner. I like it a lot. It's a very well. It's a real well done show. It's probably one of my favorites of the new crop of shows because some of them I've been watching and sort of been less than enthusiastic with uh, Shield mm. being one of them. I'm not. I'm not 100 on the Shield uh, bandwagon yet, but uh. this Almost Human is very good. I really really like it. And and Arrow two this year is excellent if you're watching it. Oh, uh, okay. But let's. I want before we so we wrap it up. Before mm-hmm. we wrap up, I did want to. There's a lot of people. I know, especially uh, you know, friends of ours that uh, don't really know a lot about Doctor Who, uh, Rick Moyer, Brian, these guys that we've done shows with. They're not really fans, and maybe they don't, um, maybe they don't get it, or maybe they still haven't watched it. But I wanted to, like, just for fun, like, sort of go through like the Doctors and like maybe quick talk about their personality and like maybe what their best story is, if if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Okay, so the first Doctor, that's he was uh, played by William Hartnell. I guess you could say he was grumpy, right? I mean, that's sort of his... Yeah, yeah he's a grouchy, 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 weathered old man at the end of, uh, at the, end of the day. And, uh, and, but he's the, the start of the genre. He's the, the template, I suppose, at the end of the day. But he's a doctor who warms up very quickly yeah. um, you know, throughout his three-year run. Uh, and slowly you start to see him as being a bit more of a, you know, kind of like a warmer person, really, before he goes into Patrick Troughton. But I think if you if you want to, I'll just shout out an earthly child as the, it's the first episode. It's it should be watched really if you're going to watch a Hartnell episode. Mm. Yeah, and I I would compare him if you wanted to compare him to somebody that other people might know. You'd say he's sort of like Gandalf. You know, he's sort of sort of grumpy, but sort of nice. Yeah, you know, he's he's sort of, he's he knows a lot. Good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the second Doctor, it was played by Patrick Troughton, and um, sort of a clownish type character, would mm. you say, or like maybe? Uh, well, yeah, you... he's kind of. He's, people say like he's a bit of a clown. You know, they say he was a hobo of of space. I mean, yeah, it's only because he's a bit all over the place really at times but he's he kind of hides his intelligence he's very childish but he, he kind of hides his intelligence and when and he can also be quite manipulative i think mm. he's very much a manipulative doctor but uh a, a wonderful a wonderful doctor all the same and again only only there for three years um what's your favorite uh Triton episode oh uh, you know i like tomb of the cybermen that mm. one i really like i actually like believe i like the mind robber believe it or not i really enjoy that one for some reason, yeah. but I like Patrick Troughton's performance. I really, uh, I really got get into him when I'm watching him. For some reason, I really kind of like his portrayal of the Doctor a lot. I find him to be, you know, like you said, he sort of hides the uh, his intelligence behind his kind of goofiness. And you're right, you know, like it, it is it can be manipulative because, uh, but I I don't know. I like him a lot. I like the ones I've seen of his. I've all, I've enjoyed all of them. So. 
those those two mm-hmm. I, I those two I've really enjoyed. Uh, what else? There was another one I really liked too. I don't. Rem- I have to look at my my DVD shelf. <laughs> <laughs> that's the yeah. That's the thing is you, know, you suddenly think, oh god, what are they? There's so many. Yeah. And um, what's your favorite Patrick Troughton one? Would you say? Uh, I'll go for the Cyberman one yeah. as well. Actually, I mean, that... the, 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 there's that one because of the fact that I think it's yeah, I think it's so scary um, that you, you know. To see the Cybermen like that, uh, and compared to what you get now, is I don't know. There's something quite horrific about them. The way they're, you know, blank faces and uh, and uh, the way they move. Yeah, mm. yeah. No, I'll, I'll go. I'll go for the the, the Cybermen. Also, the one that they just recently just found. Um, well, mine's gone a blank now. I can't remember what is the, that Web what, of Fear. Not the Web of Fear. The other one. Mind of Evil, I think it was where Patrick. There's two Patrick Trayton plays two parts. In oh it. right, right. Um, that is that is just a fabulous episode. Uh, I don't buy the DVD though. Uh, wait till next year because they're bringing out a better version. <laughs> oh good. So the third Doctor was played by John Pertwee, and he's sort of the action hero, right? That's what it's what... a James Bond of science. That's fiction. right. But with really bad karate chops. Yeah, judo. What was it? Yeah. What, what was it? Aikido. But what kind of Aikido was it? It was um, Venusian or something like that. Something like yeah. that. Time Lord version of it, yeah. where he's chopping people's ankles and they judo chop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's always whipping, and he does like that. He does a lot of that, and then the flip where they they flip he flips the guys so they fall down. Yeah, and he's and he's amazing array of uh, of vehicles, uh, yes. Bessie and who won and oh dear me, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because he was trapped on Earth. Well, yeah, I suppose so. And that was John Hurt, one of John Hurt, so uh, John Pertwee's uh, things that he liked the idea of the Doctor being stranded on Earth because it gave a more realistic um, scare towards people that they'd think that um, you know they would be. You know, these kind of monsters would be on Earth, and he's this heroic man to save the day. Um, yeah, which is which is good. You know, John John Pertwee is classic. You know, he he he's popped up in quite a few uh, charity um, specials, like di- <laughs> the awful Dimensions in Space, um, and he and he did the stage show along with Colin Baker. Uh, they both did the Doctor Who stage play together. Once Pertwee finished, Colin Baker took over. Uh, but no, I, I like Pertwee. His comedy faces, though, especially in Spearhead for Space, he's opening episode where he's being attacked by this this um uh tentacle and his eyes are really big and you think oh dear and uh, you do what's that and i i like i love that but i mean you can understand why new doctor who fans would look at that and go what the hell <laughs> yeah it's a little cheesy but that is the only um classic doctor who that is available on blu-ray so it is because it was filmed uh, because of the writer's strike, I believe, or there was some kind of strike, and they had to film a lot of stuff outdoors. Um, so they they was able to use proper film, yeah. which looks really nice. It does. I've not got it actually, but I've got three versions of the bloody thing. <laughs> They're not getting you again. Yeah, no, of course they will. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna get it, stop. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, I've watched some of the footage online. I haven't bought it yet, but mm-hmm. I've I've eyed it. Um. I like uh, now the, they had um, a, a DVD of his, The Day of the Daleks, which they actually put out a special edition of with some newer special effects, which isn't too bad. Yeah, um, I like that. That was pretty entertaining. I, I I like him okay. I didn't. I don't think I'm as into his Doctor as sort of the other mm. some of the other ones, at least from what I've seen. I, I can't say that I've seen a ton of them. I've seen um, oh, Sea Devils, which I really uh, liked. That yeah, was, that's my that's my favorite. That's really good. I yeah. like that one a lot. 
Um, and I like the uh, the Three Doctors too. It's it's very the Three Doctors is very entertaining because again it's sort of contentious with and that you know has Hartnell in it sort of on the TV screen. Anyway. Yeah, not not actually with them. I mean that's that's it's not actually the ten. It is the tenth anniversary episode, but because it was not shown during tenth anniversary screens, it was shown in the January, I think. Mm. But that's a nice episode. I also like the Autons as well. That's a that, you know when the Autons pop up, I, I always quite like that. Um, but now the Sea Devils, I love the Sea Devils. I got the soundtrack of that as well. The the music for the Sea Devils is just fantastic. It's a beautiful soundtrack. Crazy as hell. You <laughs> know what I mean? You, you couldn't put it on for, at a party, but I mean, um, in the car or at work, yeah, no, it's good. All right, everybody, listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him in the corner of his comics with his sidetrack on. Nerd. <laughs> Punching your arm. Yep. So, <laughs> so the fourth Doctor is played by Tom Baker, and he's probably the one that probably non-Doctor Who fans would probably know just because he was around for so long. Yeah. Um, and he, people say about his performance is that he was the most alien seeming of all of the doctors. You know, like he really seemed like he was somebody from a different planet. Yeah. Would you like a jelly baby? <laughs> Just very weird and eccentric. <laughs> but I mean, very. He has an awesome voice. You know, and oh yeah. You know, he still has that same voice when he when he was in that episode, the day of the doctor. And I liked, I've liked a lot of his episodes. I've seen. Uh, I just. Got um, Silurians? What was not Silurians? Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, who are those dudes with the potato heads? Um, uh, yeah, they're the uh, oh, the Santarans. Santaran experiment or something, <laughs> which is a real. Heads. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a. He, I find him to be interesting. I like him a lot. And Gen- Genesis of the Daleks is my favorite of his. If you're gonna watch one of his, that would be the one to watch because it's really. Uh, I think that's a great. And it's a pretty long one too. It's a long oh, story, yeah. but it's. I I think that the dilemma that they put him in, where he can destroy the Daleks for you know the millionth time, but for real this time, I think that's a pretty cool point. And the and the ending with with Davros, where he says, "If you could do, you know, you know, sort of what what, what he would do for power." You know what I mean? I thought that there's some really good stuff in that episode there, uh, or not that story. It's not really an episode because it's many episodes put together, but. That one I really like. Um, and who was who was the other companion? Was Sarah in that one? And was it Harry? Is that his name? Yeah, Harry yeah, Sullivan. Harry, yeah, Harry. Sullivan. Yeah, Harry was ice. He was proper, you know, getting there, which is why the doctor didn't. Uh, the doctor didn't like him too much to start off with. But uh, no, I, I think Harry, Harry's great. I, I'd I'd love to have seen him come back. He's a he's a. That's that Tom Baker. You, there's a million of them. You can, there, and a lot of his are actually on Netflix. Um, Pyramids of Mars, who I like. That's really good. That is a real good one. Yeah. yeah. City of Death is on there. Is it? <laughs> you keep saying the ones I like. Stop uh, it. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I got to stop. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, they are. I mean, there's some great ones. I mean, like the Deadly Assassin is a, a great episode. Uh, City of Death is 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 one of my favorites. Hand of Fear. Um, Horror of Fang Rock. Um, I actually really like Horror of Fang Rock. It's actually a real nice story, and it's it's it, it's got some the elements that tick all the boxes. Um, yeah, now Tom Baker is. I think it's the, the first talk that really broke America as well, where it was it was most shown in America. Yep. Uh, and um, as I say, most well known over here, and always comes probably second now because of Tenon in the, the these ridiculous polls of who's the, the best doctor and, and all that, you know. Uh, but yeah, no, he's great. Yep. And the fifth doctor is played by Peter Davison and he's um 
I guess he's the he's at the time he's the youngest. He's like the kid, you know. And yeah, he's, he was he was only twenty nine, I think, something like that. Twenty nine, twenty eight when he when he took on the role. Very fresh faced, you know. Mm. And um, I, I like his uh, the ones I've seen of his. I really like. I like he's very uh, different than than Tom Baker. That's for sure. Um, but some I've seen some of his that are kind of cheesy, like uh, Black Orchid, kind of cheesy. But you know, he's playing cricket and it's kind of funny. I don't know. I mean, but uh, um. Is that the one? He's playing cricket on the green or in yes. space? Uh, <laughs> no, like... on the green. It's they go. It's a two. It's only like I think two episodes. It's a real short story. Um, they go to this old mansion in like mm. ni- early 1900s, and there's a murders going on. And uh... it's actually, actually, there's a nice little thing about that episode. Is that when you see him, you know, he bowls that guy out. Yeah, that's for real. Uh, and the, the reaction that you see of Peter Davison is a real reaction because it was, you know, he, he didn't, he, you know, that wasn't set up. Hmm. He, they were playing cricket and he bowled the guy out and it was a beautiful bowl. And that reaction that you get, he's, a, he's pure, you know, not active. It's just <laughs> real. Yeah, he looked like he knew what he was doing. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think I know what you're going to say for his favorite one. So I'll let you say it. Uh, well, Caves of Androzani. There it is. Uh, which is which is a shame because it's a, it's his it's his swan song. It's final episode, you know, right. episode 135. If we want to be pedantic, uh, it's <laughs> it's beautiful. It's Robert Holmes. Um, but uh, you know, this is where Peter Davison had said that if he'd read these scripts before he had, he'd, he'd resigned, he wouldn't have resigned. Uh, you know, there's some great ones. Resurrection of the Daleks is a nice episode. It's only a two episode one. Yeah. You know, he does have some Morgan Undead. I quite like that one. Not many people do, but I do. Um, Four to Doomsday is a bit weird. Uh, actually, that was his first episode that he wrote. But sorry, not he wrote that he, he acted in. But there are some terrible ones for Peter <laughs> Davison, which yeah. I do feel bad for. And the one that's that's stands out is time flight um the fact that it's only because the fact they got access to heathrow airport and um concord so they filmed all these bits and then wrote a story around it which, oh. which was just ridiculous but of course Earthshock stands out for me um because it's the the one where um although this was the first time a companion dies i think i'm sure there was one in the second first doctor i think i should know that um but when adric dies saving saving earth in fact he he, he the, the ship crashes down causing the ice age mm. um and i remember watching that and it was and it was the first time i ever realized when they they played the titles to a program without any title music right it was just you know quiet and it was like ah oh, so so moving yeah i liked adric too he was interesting yeah, well, he was awful as a companion, and he was an awful actor. But uh, but hey, there you go. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, <laughs> I um, what's the one of? Well, I he's also the one uh, that has the five doctor special, which is excellent. Yeah. I like that a lot. Oh so, yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a given, really, isn't it? Yep. So the sixth doctor was played by Colin Baker. I don't really yeah. have. Uh, how would you describe him? He's kind of a jerk. That's how I would describe him, but maybe you could find a better word for him. Well, he's a jerk in the first episode because his regeneration doesn't work. So right. he's very angry. And unfortunately, they actually gave him half a series. So he came in at the end of uh, you know Davison's run and they gave him these couple of episodes and then finished. And so you were thinking, who the hell's this bloke? He's a real ass. You know, he's angry. <laughs> he, he tries to kill his companion and, you know, he's all moody and everything like that. But then you see the true side of the sixth doctor, which is beautiful and really should give him a chance. It's just unfortunate that, you know, the trial of the time Lord is a great, it's a bloody long, you know, uh, season. He comes back after an 18 month hiatus, 
but it's a it's a you know it's a, quite a few episodes in that one but it's worth watching trial of the time lord i, I really like it. and i also like um the two doctors it's nice you know patrick Troughton comes back as well right but you know colin baker wasn't really given the chance to shine unfortunately he was uh he was sacked uh, and, un, and unfairly so as well by michael mm. grade uh, or because um well personal reasons yeah i um i've seen a few of his a couple of his really i have that his dalek episode Mm. Which was which was okay. It wasn't one of the better ones. Um, Revelation. Yes, Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah. There it is. Um, the two doctors. You can't. That thing is expensive. If you want to try to get it online, you can't really find it. It's hard to find. It's um, cheap to buy on DVD. No, it's not. Isn't it? No, it's one of the more. It's one of those that seems to be out of print. So everywhere I've looked, is people selling it. It's about eighty bucks. People are looking for. So. Oh, I, I'll have a look for you. Yeah, take a look, will you? <laughs> yeah, I will do. But um. I need to see more of him. I don't think I'm judging him fairly because I haven't seen a lot of his stories. So, but I, I, I haven't. But I guess he didn't have to. But that trial of Time Lord, that's like, that's a ton of episodes all together, right? It's like, uh, oh yeah, eighteen I think or something like that. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So the seventh Doctor is Sylvester McCoy, who people might know as Radagast from The Hobbit. Uh, uh, six pound, six pound three p for the two Doctors. Well, why is it so much money? <laughs> I'll have to. I'll, all right, I'll, I'll hit you on PayPal later. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> geez. That's still, it's only like 12 bucks. I mean, give me a break. Um, so Sylvester McCoy is, this, is the seventh doctor. Like I said, he was yeah. recently seen as Radagast the Brown in The Hobbit, the last Hobbit yeah. movie. Um, and the reason he's, he is Radagast is because Peter Jackson is a huge Doctor Who fan. Oh, um, well, it should be noted, of course, Peter Jackson makes a cameo in the five-ish Doctors, the, uh, yes, the half-an-hour special done by Peter Davison, which is wonderful, and everyone should check it out. Yes. Um, his Doctor is, is real interesting. I like him a lot. He's um, like a – they call it like – what Ace calls him Professor, but uh, – yeah, which is weird. But um, he's sort of again like um, one of – like the second Doctor sort of masks – his intentions with sort of goofy behavior, mm. you know, and I, I I dig the stories that I've seen of his a lot. I especially like the 25th anniversary episode that that was his. That was really good. Uh, well, now that's another Dalek one. What's it called? Uh, um, Remembrance. Remembrance of the Daleks. That yeah. one is pretty cool. Um, it's got Ace beating on Daleks with baseball bats. Um, Although Silver Nemesis was the actual, um, would have been the anniversary episode. Oh, well, I thought I thought that the revelation, well, I guess it was just sort of like, because I thought it was an anniversary because of sort of where it took place. And then uh, he, Yeah, it could have been, but broadcast-wise, Silver Nemesis actually came oh. out on the 23rd of November to the oh, 7th of okay. December. Maybe that's just, I don't know. Anyway, it was really, it was it was good. He's a, he's an interesting, he's an interesting person because I believe that he's a lot just like that, the Seventh Doctor, I think, is a lot of just Sylvester McCoy being Sylvester I, McCoy. I, I think so. I mean, later on in the big finish episodes, um, you know, you find out that he's a bit more manipulative and he's a bit more, you know, and you see that in in the um, the, the later episodes of his of his series, like in the Curse of Fenric and stuff, and mm-hmm. and and he doesn't treat Ace very well. He uses Ace quite a bit, and uh, I mean, I, I love Sophie Aldridge. I think she's fantastic, and uh, I actually tweeted her not long ago because when I was 15 or however old I was when Ace first popped up you know obviously I fell in love with her she's like she's Ace mm-hmm. but my daughter 
uh, now really likes a TV poem called Tree Fu Tom, and she voices Tree Fu Tom. Uh, she voices a boy in it, actually. And David Tennant voices the other character, and she really likes his Tree Fu Tom, and I find it's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. But I got yeah. a lot of uh, uh, females tend to voice males in a lot of these shows, especially like teenagers or early or preteens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's your favorite of his? <laughs> you don't have you don't, you, you don't like you don't like him very much then. No, it's, I like Silver I like Silver Nemesis, and I like Remembrance of the Daleks. But when you've got stuff like Delta and the Bannerman and the Happiness Patrol and the Greatest Show in the Galaxy, it's just <laughs> no. Let's let's spin on a little bit. I think. Of course, like his his. Uh, sort of he was like sort of the death rattle of the original run of it wasn't he yeah he was he, they was kind of like you know living on no budget the producer was told that if uh if he resigns then the show will end the, the, he won't be replaced so uh john nathan turner had really no choice to carry on and there was no money in it he wasn't promoted it wasn't helped at all and um yeah it's a shame but that's that was the way it went it was going that way and no one wanted to help it and well, you know, the, <laughs> that's how it went, really. Then it went. Yeah. <laughs> and no, hiatus never cancelled. It just went, oh, it'll be back soon. And then that was 1989. And then 1996 come along and we had the, the, the Paul McGann movie. Which is the eighth Doctor. Uh, the eighth Doctor, yeah. Yep, who was only in, up until recently, one thing, if you don't count audiobooks or audio stories. Um, and it was called Doctor Who the Movie, which was a joint production between Fox and BBC. Um, yeah. And Sylvester McCoy does make an appearance in it. You see him get yeah. gunned down by an Asian gang in L.A., which is about the worst way for the doctor to get killed, I think. But. Uh, yeah, as you do. Uh, good to see there that we all <laughs> take American stereotype of everyone's got a gun and we'll use it. Yeah. Uh, and and throw him in there with some triads. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a nice little film. It's okay. First time the Doctor kisses someone, which uh, all the past Doctors have said should have happened in their time. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Probably not Peter Davis with Adric, but uh, right. <laughs> well, it was. It's like you said. It's okay. He's mm. in, and I think the problem is that in that you really just get to see sort of the beginning of of him. He only mm. remembers who he is like an hour into the thing for crying out loud. You know what I mean? So. Um, it's okay. I, I, I like him. I like Paul McGann a lot and I've listened to a lot of the stories mm. and I like his portrayal. Um, and you see him again in night of the doctor, which just was on, uh, was a web series, was a web episode, I guess that's how they yeah. put it. And, uh, he got to play him after he's been around for a while. And I, I liked, I like him a lot. I like, I wish we saw more of him, but, uh, well, I, I've always been a huge fan of Paul McGann and, uh, you know, I, I loved him as the eighth doctor and I love him in with now and I, that's such a beautiful film, really worth checking out. And he was in, um, the TV series Hornblower, uh, we've um, I don't know, I don't know if you got Hornblower. Yoen Groof Yoen Groofu Yoen Groofu yeah <laughs> that's a great I have that I, I love yeah. that I love that uh, show. I'm watching him again and uh, I, I, I noticed because uh, there's loads of people who pop in pop up in it that you think oh it's him and uh, Robert Glenister's in it who was in of course the British version well the original version of Life on Mars and you think oh god he hasn't changed it's still the same yeah, yeah what's his face from um, Battlestar Galactica's in there uh, Apollo. The kid who played yeah. Apollo is in there. But no, that's, oh, really? Yes, oh, he's like, um, he's a young guy. I forget what his character's name was. I haven't watched that in years, but that is, I have it on the shelf. I should watch it again because I really enjoyed it. Those, yeah. are, those are really excellent. Uh, if anybody... They are, they are. They still hold out. I mean, some of the effects are a little bit off now, but the story's great. I've got one left to watch because I'm, I'm going to watch it later on, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really excellent. If you like uh, that old sort of Napoleonic War uh, 
British uh, naval stuff. It's excellent. Um, so then we go on to the Ninth Doctor, who in 2005 the, decided to start up Doctor Who again with, mm. you know, big budget, you know, nice sets, you know, good special effects for the time yeah. anyway. Um, and it's uh, Christopher Eccleston as a Ninth Doctor, uh, who I guess, like, I always, he's a guy who has post traumatic stress disorder. I mean, he really, um, but he, what's interesting about his character, I think, is that he's really trying to have a good time somehow, mm. you know, but there's, he's got that guilt going on, which comes out in that Dalek episode where he's screaming at the Dalek, you know? Yeah, that, no, that is, that is a good episode, Dalek, I must admit, that's, um, unless, I don't know, because I don't think the Daleks have the same effect now as they used to, uh, right. But yeah, that's a nice. It's a nice episode, and he's great as the Ninth Doctor as well. I, 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 well, we said earlier on. It's yeah. a shame we didn't come back to it, but um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he did like the way he did. He, I don't know. I think that I like the his uh, the Doctor dances. I think that's really good. Where uh, mm. he sort of has an ending where he gets he feels redeemed because he gets to save people's lives when they would have died. Yeah, no, the Empty Child and the Doctor dances is, is oh it's Stephen Moffat episodes. Those are yeah, great. Are in it. Oh yeah, no, that's a great, great two episodes. Are you my mommy? Oh yeah, there you go. You know, it's those things that Moffat does so well. Yep. Then we got the Tenth Doctor, who mm-hmm. is, of course, we were talking about David Tennant, um, and like I guess you said, he's the he's really the human. If the if a, if a human was the Doctor, he'd be David Tennant. He'd be the tenth Doctor, yeah, because he's very like caught up in himself <laughs> at times. <laughs> but I mean, he's got he's he's a really a I think he's a fun character. There's no I mean, there's no doubt about it. Like David Tennant plays him really really well. I really oh, absolutely you know. And when he goes on about and it's like you know when he, he just when he's solving a problem, I always find it very interesting and in how he can speak very quickly, but it's very funny. He's just very funny. You know what I mean? He's a naturally funny guy. Mm. He just goes wow, and then he reels off, you know, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what's my favorite of David Tennant's? Might be that Midnight one. I really like that one for some reason. Yeah. Which is where he's on that space bus. For right. some reason, I really like that one. I don't know why. I don't know. There's it's so there's they sort of with the newer ones, especially when they go on for years. You sort of, they sort of start to meld together, and I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, I quite like School Reunion, but that's oh, that's excellent. Yeah. yeah, Sarah Jane in it. I love the fact when she turns around and she sees the TARDIS. Oh, beautiful, beautiful acting by Elizabeth Strennan. Yeah, the- um, I'm, I'm, I'm picking out straight away Human Nature and Family of Blood. Oh, that's, those are the ones uh, I was just thinking of. You see, you did yeah. it to me. There you go. So. There you go. And Blink. Oh, of course. How could I forget so, that? But ironically, though, of course, Human Nature, Family of Blood and Blink are all Dr. Light episodes because Human Nature, Family of Blood is not playing the Doctor in it, nope. uh, but wonderfully wrote by Paul Cannell based on a, uh, his book. And uh, Blink, uh, done by Stephen Moffat, which is the short story in the manual. Again, the Doctor's not in it. Um, so that's, I don't know what that says, how I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was just, you're right. Uh, Blink is like the one that people say, if you've never seen Doctor Who, show show somebody Blink, and they might yeah. start to understand or, or might be interested enough because it is a Doctor Light episode. He sort of shows up at you know with that thing at that you know device, and but I mean you're right. It's like he's speaking to the character through DVD extras. I mean it is a pretty interesting concept for an episode, and that brought the angels in. Get, they got a little bit overused, I think, in the Matt Smith years. Yeah, I, I think they did get overused, and I think they've gone the way of the Daleks, really, where it's kind of like, uh, you know, there you go. Because the original thing of them have been scary, 
statues that you see in everyday life and now you look at them and you can't help but think is that a weeping angel you know it's like every time you hear someone say are you my mummy you know you, you can't help but think go straight to it so but i think it's lost it slightly now yeah i think you're right yeah because they were pretty creepy you know mm. for a while but when they when the statue of liberty starts becoming a weeping angel you're like all right oh yes. It's um, Ghostbusters too. Yeah, exactly. You can, I can't see the Statue of Liberty do anything without thinking of, you know, your love lifting me higher. <laughs> I was watching that yesterday. Yeah, that, that's a listen. It's not the best, but it's still Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, yeah, Tenth Doctor is great. People love him. Um, those episodes that he said, family, the where he um, hides on Earth and he puts sort of his essence of himself into his watch. Hard to explain, but um. Mm. And he ends up being a school teacher in the early 20th century at this uh, boarding school. I thought that was really those were those two episodes are really really well done. Um, yeah, and it gave David Tennant a little bit a different character to play. I liked it a lot. Uh, and then the uh, finally we're heading to the 11th Doctor, who was played by Matt Smith, who's the current incarnation. How would you describe him? As- oh, uh, virtually a mixture of all of the Doctors together, which is what it should be. I think he nailed the persona of the Doctor exactly right. Uh, he's a, a young-looking bloke, but plays him old. And, and he does it in facial mannerisms. He does it in his wording. Um, ah, no, he's, he's, just, he's just perfect. And, I, you know, I can't believe how quick it's gone of how long he's been playing the doctor these past yeah. few years have just has just thrown you know it's 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 mad yeah i mean he, what, his first episode was i think april 2010 mm-hmm. you know and 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 hey we're going to say goodbye to him december 2013 so it's yeah, it's crazy three years have just flown by yeah and i think that um i, I think he, he's had a pretty good run i think that a lot of people were not happy with the um first half of the last season or series, yeah. I want to say. I, I, I didn't mind it because I don't mind the standalone episodes so much. They don't really bother me. I don't, I don't need a whole story arc to uh, to satisfy me, but maybe it's yeah. just me. I, I mean, he's got a, he's had a lot of interesting stories anyway. <laughs> His stories get crazy. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, my if I could jump in, my, my favorite. Uh, I'm just looking at the list of his... his um, his stories at the moment and I'm flying through them, but I think I'm just going to spin back and I, I, I could pick quite a few actually, but I'm going to pick out, um, Oh man, there's loads. Isn't it? When you look at the <laughs> list of all the stuff, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to go for Vincent and the doctor because That's a great episode, yeah. it's a Richard Curtis thing. And it, it oozes Richard Curtis, you know, it's got the Richard Curtis stamp of cheese written all over it. But the end, if you don't, if you don't shed a tear, when Bill Nye wonderfully explains how much Vincent van Gogh, and that's how you say it, not go, not go, or not, I think it's Gogh, that's how you say it, um, how he explains the love he has for van Gogh's paintings. And you see him standing behind him, listening to it, and the look on his face, it's beautiful. And it's so emotional. But then, of course, the fact that Amy finds out that he commits suicide anyway because he's a manic depressive. And, you know, that's unfortunately, it's one of those horrific things where if you are a manic depressive, you could tell somebody the most wonderful person every day of their life and they still will, 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 will unfortunately in their life. It's so beautifully done. And the acting of Matt Smith and also I can't, unfortunately I can't remember the actor's name who plays Van Gogh, but, and Bill Nye. Oh, it's it's so beautiful. I could watch that 
anytime. I was happy to see Bill Nye show up in a Doctor Who episode. Oh, I, was, well, I love that. I love he, that guy. He, he could have been. It could have been a doctor. That's the thing. You say so. You should, I, that's no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good that's a good choice um, for for a best of his because that is really an an excellent episode. There's no mm. doubt about it. It's it's very and and uh, he does go doesn't he show up again when he paints that TARDIS that's exploding right Van Van Gogh sorry yeah yeah I, yeah it does yeah because he's he's cowering isn't he at the end yes that was yeah. that that was good you're right that's that's excellent and uh, this day of the doctor that was just on mm-hmm. was excellent too but it's a different sort of animal than a regular episode it's yeah. it, and and let's and I want to point out that this movie when they put it out in movie theaters for one day here, it made a ton of dough. Oh yeah, I've I've seen the uh, the takings of them, and uh, you know, uh, to be fair, I think I mean it made a shed load of money over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like like anything in the film industry, I think it's it's only really recognised of making of, of of making a noticeable dent in the in the world when it makes money in America. Mm-hmm. And it did make a big amount of money in America. Five million, uh, and, five million bucks in one day for, you know a, I mean? for, for a, a TV, TV show program. that was already on. <laughs> yeah, that everybody, a lot of the people there have probably already seen it. Yeah. So I, I mean, mean that, that's that's mad, isn't it? I mean, it's it's it, it just goes to show how popular it is. And I, and I just hope that it remains popular. I hope people give Peter Capaldi the chance because he's an older doctor, and and they don't, you know. Go with the story. Go with the flow. Go, if you love Doctor Who, then stick with it. Don't just go, oh, I'm not watching it because this guy is no longer a young guy who looks quite nice. I, I'm fully aware as well that there, there was a load of things when Peter Capaldi came on as the Doctor. I mean, it was a wonderful introduction episode. I, I, I'm sure you got it over there. Yep. But there was this apparent, and I'm doing the, the in brackets thing here, you know, um, backlash about it all. And you know what? I went on forums and I was looking at Twitter I didn't see it, and I don't know if it was a uh, one of those conspiracy things that get going. There was, a, I saw a YouTube video of this this young girl who was you know, apparently watching it, going, "Oh, you know, really excited." And suddenly Capaldi comes on, and she goes absolutely ape shit about it, and going, "Oh, he's old, he's ugly, and all this." And I'm thinking, D- is that real? Is that you know when you start thinking these things are made up mm-hmm. to create to create more of a hysteria than is actually there? Because I haven't seen that much of a backlash. I've I seen, seen that. Any. And I've I've seen loads of um, younger fans as well, and younger female fans uh, who you know, true true younger uh, female Doctor Who fans who have gone have welcomed an older Doctor and say, "No, we love Doctor Who. We love the TARDIS. We love this. We can't wait to see it." And I'm thinking, you know what? You're the future of this franchise. You're the future of it, and it's that attitude that is that I applause and I, I love that, and, and I hope it's the you know those younger fans who, who will really be there at the front row for when Capaldi comes on. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't wait. I really can't wait. Yeah, he's a great actor. It's going to be a. It's always fun to see somebody new sort of take over the role. Mm. And how different it's going to be, and how and what direction they're going to take it, and I and you know everything I've read that Stephen Moffat has said, he seems super like excited and pleased with what he's doing, and I mean I can't imagine he wouldn't be. The guy's a great actor, so. Well, there's already a little interview with him online somewhere where he's turned around and they've asked him the usual questions, you know, who's your favorite doctor, and he says well, all of them, they're all the same person that all delightfully played by everyone and and he's i say he's filmed his regeneration scene he's not seen it 
Uh, he doesn't want to see it. He's actually sitting down on Christmas Day with his family, right. having a big get-together, and they're all watching it together. He says he doesn't want to watch it. He wants to watch it as a fan. There's a wonderful thing, uh, I'm sure you can get it online, where when he was 15 oh, years I saw old, this. And, yeah, wrote <laughs> into the Radio Times about the Daleks and stuff like that that and that's that kind of thing yeah this is a guy who loves doctor who and yeah. he's been in some wonderful wonderful programs as I mean, okay we all know him from the thick of it and in the yeah. loop and he's not gonna be like but you know there's a there's a, a pretty low budget i think it's a ken russell film called lair of the white worm with a very young hugh grant in it as yeah well. i've seen that yeah. yeah man that's ice i mean it's it's bad but it's ice you it know what i mean it's, funny. But <laughs> it's, he... got, it's got amanda donahue who gets a norks out again uh but <laughs> there you go I'm all for Peter Capaldi because, like me, he's of Italian descent. And I like yeah. that there's going to be an Italian guy at the head of the TARDIS. I like it. But um, also, um, for American, for us Americans, if you know um, Craig Ferguson, who's a talk show host here, him and Peter yeah. Capaldi were in a, a band together in the 80s. I forget the name they of the band. Was. Yep. Yeah, they was. And also, also of course, he was in... Uh, 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 an episode of Red Dwarf. He was in the episode of series one called Confidence and Paranoia, in which he plays Confidence. Yeah, then he got a, I guess... He Not got Pierre a, Capaldi, I mean... Uh, uh, um, Craig know. Ferguson. Yeah, Craig Ferguson. Yeah. But I guess um, Peter Capaldi got offered a role in that local hero movie, which made him a star, or, or, or made him a little bit yeah. more famous than he was being in a band. That's a wonderful film. And wonderful then, film. Yeah, so I mean, I was actually listening to Craig Ferguson's autobiography, after Peter Capaldi got announced, and he's talking about this guy Peter Capaldi that I used to know, you know and I was like, oh wait a minute. Uh, I tell you what, I mean, he, I mean, he's a huge Doctor Who fan as well, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, sure. And so, and so, can you imagine the interview that them two are going to have? Well, he has all the. He always has Matt. He's had Matt Smith on him a bunch he's of times. Few times, so, but I mean, he's going to have Peter Capaldi on there. They're buddies, yeah. Yeah, they used to fun. live. They used to live in an apartment together, you know. So I mean, they they know each other pretty well. So I think so it's got to be pretty cool for Craig Ferguson, who's a huge Doctor Who fan, to have one of his friends from the old days be uh, be the Doctor. And has, he, has he said anything about it or anything? I don't know because I don't watch his show regularly. Because oh, right. It's up very. It's on very late, and I don't stay up late. But um, yeah, you're in bed at half nine, aren't you? Not that early, but <laughs> not too far from there. Yeah. <laughs> we wake up very early, so. But um, yeah, it's a good. It's a good time to be a Doctor Who fan. Uh, yeah. Certainly, it's not a bad time to actually to jump on. And this day of the Doctor, by the way, is out already on Blu-ray. Mm. this week so uh, you can go pick it up and watch it if you haven't seen it um i recommend it because you know i don't even think you need to know that i don't even think you need to have that much knowledge of what's gone no, before you know what i think as well i think i think if you've, you've never seen an episode of doctor who this is actually a great start is yep. to jump into with this episode with the 50th episode because uh, it virtually tells you all about the doctors and you see them all there and then watch it from this 50th anniversary episode watch your christmas episode you're going to get a new doctor the series starts filming in january um so probably be out around about i don't know january Maybe May, Juneish, maybe or something like that. I don't know. Ugh, um, but yeah, get, get start start with the 50th anniversary, and then boom, you, you're into it. Yeah, I mean, like I started with the newer stuff, and then you just sort of I sort of worked my way backwards. Mm. You know, you just what you do. You just sort of you go on Wikipedia, you go on these these other wikis like a Doctor Who wiki, and you start looking this stuff up and see, oh, I'm all, that sounds interesting. Or there's books, there's comics. I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of stuff. This is a good jumping on point, I think. Right. Or yeah, or join the forum like when you did. You you came in the forum and then. Yep. 
started talking about Doctor Who, and I, I remember writing a, a huge list of, oh, man, watch this. You're going to like this, and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And that's that's how you, you get into these things. Yeah, so if well, you're not I, on the forum, join the forum. Yeah, I was having surgery, and I was going to be home for a month, and I said, I need something to watch, and I'm going to watch Doctor Who. Can you recommend? And then, of course, you were like, oh, yeah, well, hold on a second here. <laughs> you're licking your thumb here. Let me see what I got here. <laughs> Let's see what we can do. I mean, and, and I remember you saying when you went in for surgery and stuff like that, and, uh, hey, you know, you've got that nose now, and you're happy. <laughs> it wasn't the nose. I keep telling you. No. But I was out for a month, and in that month, I pretty much rolled through what was on Netflix. Yeah. You know, which was great for me because it gave me something to look forward to every day. Because I got to tell you, I've always dreamed about being retired, but I had a month of it and I got, it gets pretty boring. <laughs> yeah. You can yeah. only. Well, if, you, if, if you're recovering, it is boring, isn't it? It's... Yeah. Because like I was in a lot of pain for a, a yeah. few, about a week, I, it was hard to, to get up and stuff. So I was kind of like, you know, just kind of going from bed to chair to kitchen to bath. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. you know, so yeah, it, it does stink. It does stink, but I had I had nowadays you got Netflix, and if you have Netflix, you got ev- almost almost every episode of the current generation of, of stories, which started in two thousand five, and there's a ton of the classic stories on there. So, and you can mm. if you have Netflix, you can just sit there and watch them, and it does it ain't gonna cost you anything but your Netflix uh, subscription. So all right, we've certainly gone on forever about this, but yeah. <laughs> you know it, it was a big. It's a big, uh, big, big event. Fiftieth anniversary. We got the Christmas special coming up. The time of the Doctor on December twenty fifth mm. in America at nine o'clock at night in England. I think it's seven thirty. So, yeah, looking forward to that. And um, we will see you next time, everybody. Uh, thanks, Mez, for doing this with me. I appreciate you taking the time out. Ah, oh, thanks for asking me, mate. As usual, it's a, a pleasure to be uh, yakking away with you for just under two hours. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, yeah. Last time it was yeah. like this too. I, 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 I'm, I'm verbose. That's the word for it. And so, are, and so are you, by the way. So, uh, yeah. isn't that funny how we record our voices for other people to listen to? <laughs> <laughs> Some would call it ego, Chris. Mm, yeah, others would call it well, ego. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. was a promise what was the promise never cruel or cowardly never give up never give in